everybody to another edition of the Nerdwatch Podcast. It is the week of Big Trouble in Little China, Nerdwatch, and Maui Comics and Collectibles joining forces for the Big Trouble in Little China screening over at the Maui Mall Megaplex this weekend. I'm so excited. Sold out, baby. Yeah, sold out. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Maui. Thank you. Uh, so much. Big thank you to the guys watching over at Akaku. Big thank you to all the listeners of the podcast. We certainly do appreciate it. I, of course, we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, in a little bit here, but uh, get more into that in a little bit. I, of course, am G-Money. I am joined... By the one and only Todd Bernardi, the Pasta King, comic book extraordinaire, comic book artist extraordinaire, and uh, all around decent guy. I guess top billing. Nice. I mean, he's naming the podcast. I'm just trolling us right now. Yeah, yeah, totally trolling That's going to be Todd Bernardi and the Nerdwatch soon. It's going to be like a Slimers and the Ghostbusters thing. Yeah. Well, it's more like an Iggy Pop thing, I think. Oh, nice. No, Iggy deserved that billing, all right? Oh, okay. So Slimer didn't deserve that? No, no. He had that cartoon on his shoulders. I'm pretty sure. We just compared Iggy Pop to Slimer. What other podcast would ever do that? None. None zero. None podcast. Really, really appreciate it. I still tread in the punk rock circle, so I don't know if I can face them anymore. But who are you? Because you didn't get introduced yet. Oh, that's right. Also, welcome to the one and only the punk rock legend on Maui. Gannon is in the house as well. Maui's Iggy Pop. And also, he's He's a he's a he's a, uh, he's a horror am. aficionado he as well. Yeah, he, he pretty much is. I'll take that. And uh, of course, as yeah, you, you all know, if you oh, don't yeah. know, if you're watching on Akaku, he also has a magazine called Scumbag Tulip, or is that which yours? is now oh, freshly available at my comics and collection. Fantastic. Nice. Alika freshly. had no idea about it, but now he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on my shelf. So. <laughs> also, <laughs> the last one was always awesome. <laughs> Also That's joining us. Hey, let me get through the intros, guys. <laughs> also joining us is uh, actually technically the third member of the Nerd Watch podcast. Yeah. The guy who came in third. Yeah. The one Arrived and only format third. is in the house as well. Uh, gaming extraordinary. All right, welcome yeah. to third there place, was everybody. Right, there was nothing That's good about that intro. Thing. That's right. That sorry. Intro. Well, I'm just saying that he's number. Let's, let's see what you have for me. All right, and uh, <laughs> so number three? Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you didn't like number two, you're gonna love number four. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us is the one, the only, the man who who. Uh, I guess you could say owns this uh, lovely place that we sit in this evening. Um, on a, uh, if you're watching us on Akaku, the comic books, all of this belongs to this gentleman. Or, I, yeah, it does belong to you, right? This Until you buy it. Until I buy it, right? <laughs> the one and only Alika is in the house as well, ladies and gentlemen, owner of Maui Comics and Collectibles. And uh, one more person is in the house as well. Actually, two more people, but uh, the shiny bald-headed guy is the one and only... Mr. Sage, Queen, Mr. Mr. Hennessy is in the house as well. He is the owner of, uh, of of the Omniverse uh, Comics and Movie Collectibles. He has a little space here at Maui Comics as well. He shares a little uh, um, da- what what counter space? Wallets and keychains. Wallets, keychains, and magnets, baby. Yeah, courtesy of Lika. Uh huh. And keychains. That's it. Hashtag it. Got a lot more than that. You got buttons. You got you got patches. Magnets. You got rubber bracelets. I don't like the way you're saying that word. Magnets. And ladies and gentlemen, also joining us in the house as well is our live studio audience. Silent Sean is in the house as well. And ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the guy who's behind the camera, the man who edits this this show for whatever reason. 
the henchman. Because we curse the so comic much. book henchman is in the house as well. Uh, Swan is in the house. He's behind the camera. You don't see him. Um, but he's there. Yes, yes, because soon yeah. to have his own. And he's uh, really radio ugly. show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> is that radio show going to be a TV show too? What's that? It might be. I hope so. Are we plugging other people's shows? Look, it's called a spin-off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's called a spin-off. All right, well, who are are we plugging exactly? Swan's going to have a radio show pretty soon. Oh, is he? That's great. Good for you. Can we we say the name or... We, we can say CNC the name? You know, Swan, CNC I... Encounters. I CNC Encounters. Swan, I always thought you had a face for radio. They're going to only talk about CNC Music Factory. Okay, so if we mention that show again... This week, things that make you go, Here's the thing. We can't mention that show again because it is it does cost money to advertise with the Nerd Watch. So just one more time, and that was it. Anyway, congratulations, Swan. What is it? What is it about? It's about comics, I take it, right? Pretty much everything okay. on this show, Friday Night Frights, and in the comic shop that I encountered. So, so you're, what you're doing is you're stealing someone else's yeah. idea. You're, you're riding yeah. our coattails. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's great, Swan. I, uh, that truly is a spinoff. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey. He's, He's doing what we do, but instead of mm-hmm. right. about movies, it's just about comics. Right. Hey, so Swan. canceled soon. Nice so job. You yeah. suck. No? So, good work. Yeah. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, all you got to do to have a better show than this one, drink less. <laughs> well, he's, he's our he's he's our authentic hipster younger brother. He is. Yeah, he is. He's like, no, I'm about comics. No straight right. comics. It's weird though wait, because wait, wait. That... So, what do you mean when you say straight comics? Mm. Like, what do you mean there? Just I just, just put you. Up I think you know what there. he means. Just comics. Yeah, just not Todd's comics. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're so. Those are comics, so fruity. My, my comics are so indie that they can't even make it on Swan's. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're talking to Mike, Todd. I can't uh, hear you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I got nothing. Well, listen. Um, and before then, and then, no, don't, you don't have to introduce me. It's fine. I, I, told, I already talked about Barry. I just go no, uncredited. I, yeah, I thought he was the very. No, you started with Todd. Oh, I started, started with Todd. I did. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're talking about. As I live and breathe. Yeah. The man. In case you forgot, format was your number three. You didn't that's even that's right, I did. Was. That's right. You skipped yeah. over number Thanks. two. Number, yeah. the, the hey, guy, hey, if number you're two. Greg's number two. That's right. It's a good thing we skipped it. <laughs> All I know is, is Sounds that the good. reason I started this podcast and inspired to start this podcast <laughs> was because of this man, oh, uh, Professor know. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a surefire way to make sure that happens. <laughs> the professor of cinema, the wow. man uh, that uh, I enjoy watching movies with and discussing movies with. Uh, and the man who keeps us legit. One and only, <laughs> Professor Barry. Has is happened in, yet. Yeah, it has not you happened yet. You are failing terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Professor yeah. Barry is in the house. Uh, of course, as you all know, if you don't know, Professor Barry holds a degree, a college degree, uh, in cinema. Yeah. So he's still uh, And that, that is a master's, he's is it not? It's a master's degree. Yeah. A master's degree. Yeah. You made it up, really. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, anybody can print a degree on their computer. That's true. It's a point taken. Um, I print at least six every day. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I'm curious. Yes, Just out of, because this is the nerd watch, Mm -hmm. who are supposedly nerds. Uh Uh-huh. Are there any other people on this panel that hold degrees of any kind? I hold a black belt degree. <laughs> is this a setup? Should I, I, I supposed to ask? What? No, don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask. Um, I was, is, is, it, is it is it is it boto jitsu? Huh? Boto jitsu? Yep. I think, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think that it is you 
Uh, you are the one, and uh, Professor Barry are the only ones that actually hold a college degree. No, uh, no Todd does, too. I've got one, too. Oh, you do? I've okay. got one in comedy. He doesn't yeah. act like it, but he and, does. And uh, ironically it's, uh, enough... It's toilet paper. <laughs> it's where I learned to drink. Yes. So <laughs> The irony is, is that your college degree... Got you right here. I know. On the Nerd Watch. No. <laughs> but it also Keep got shooting for the stars, kids, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry and I came from. Uh, Just inspired a, a bunch of dropouts. Oh, I, I think the word you're looking for is humble beginnings. Humble yeah, beginnings. Yeah, all, all, we're, all we're saying is stay in school. Stay in school. That's all we're saying stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Stay in school. Stay in school, you can end up like us. Right. You end up on public access television and you have your own podcast and make nothing. It's great. It's a fantastic living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. The lower you aim, the more you can achieve. The lower you aim, the more you can achieve. Yeah, that's right. We 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 need more lower skilled workers anyway. Anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm gonna just um, start drawing indie Someone's <laughs> got to steer the ship. Hey man, hey man, I've already got that job. That's oh, right, you okay. do have that job. <laughs> Uh, I want to send a big shout out first of all to Maui Comics and Collectibles and Alika. Um, Did you prob- hear about yeah, the only, probably the only one that's that actually <laughs> is uh, living the, the 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 dream of owning his own store. Um, hence Maui Comics and Collectibles. Uh, so he's living the dream, yeah. as it were, yeah. and uh, the financial burden <laughs> and all the financial burden that goes with it. The American dream. That's right, the American dream. Um, but, Thank uh, you, Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Hey, uh, listen, it's not just Trump that's making America great again. It's also we're like already blaming Trump. Oh, for America. Man. <laughs> what a tear! Oh, right, let's, uh, let's get off the political shit now before we. Fall too dark into that. Yeah, yeah, we, wow. we will. Because it was Super Tuesday today, by the way, but uh, we'll talk about that later. No, um, will we? No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, but I it was actually sh- the third Super Tuesday. It was. It was the third. It was Super Tuesday. If you know your ass. Oh, right. Um, but uh, oh, I want to I want to send a big shout out to Donald Trump. I mean, Alika. <laughs> <laughs> How many shout outs are you going to give the man in like the first 15 minutes? You know, I have a store. It's a good store. It's actually probably one of the better stores you've ever been in. That's great. But for, it's going to be on the right track in the future. <laughs> That's right. We're going to do this. Are you going to have one point? Sell steaks. Can you, uh, Could you sell steaks? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me how, how, uh, how good you're going to make this store? Yeah, the store is already on a good track, but you know, there's a future ahead of us. It's a bright future, it's a big future. That's it's a ludicrous, yeah. lucrative future, and I see myself in it, and that's the future. Thanks. The shop, the shop will be surrounded by walls, walls paid for by Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Preferably by Mexico, yeah. Like, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but, but I, the reason why I'm sending a shout-out to Alika is, of course, because... Uh, uh, he does uh, have us in, our, in his shop every single week, and we certainly do appreciate it. So we want to send some love his way, and uh, I want you guys to send some love I his way it. as well. 333 Dairy Road is where we are located, or he is located. Comics, collectibles, um, retro gaming. Uh, it's all courtesy of uh, Alika down here in Kahalui at Maui yes. Comics and Collectibles. Thank you for yes. being here. Yep. Thank you for being here. Without you, I wouldn't have spent most of my afternoon playing Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Isn't but, it, isn't it true? Isn't it like 20%? Hey, can you face your head that way? Isn't it 20% of 
Trump's Day? Was that was <laughs> Trump's Day? Trump's oh, Day. That's right. right? Oh, Tuesday. No, it's twenty percent right. Tuesday. Wouldn't that be full price Wednesdays if it's Trump yeah. Day? Yeah, if it's no, Trump no, no. Day, it's it's twenty percent off. Make comics great again, day. Yeah, oh, that's make right. Yeah, yeah. We're making comics great. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I released the Kakui project. But then you can come in on Wednesday and so feel I the burn. Comics, that's right. uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Full, full price. price. New comic book Wednesdays. And for some reason, I want to hear your 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 Bernie Sanders impression. I. Well, if you want all the free stuff, it's not really free because you actually pay taxes. <laughs> uh, but it is twenty percent off. Gave up on that impression. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, Bernie Sanders is no me. laughing matter. Kids. <laughs> um, I'm serious. He's either going to save Bernie. this country or turn it into a socialist nightmare. That's right. It's twenty twenty percent off Tuesdays here at Maui Comics and Collectibles every single Tuesday, and then uh, of course you guys can join him every single Wednesday. For full priced new comic book Wednesday, um, right here titles. at uh, Maui Comics and Collectibles. All any uh, new any uh, titles of note yes. this week? Man, we've got A and A number one, which is, stands for Archer and Ar- Archer and Armstrong number okay. one. Who's it's writing it? Valiant title. I have no idea because I don't give a crap about. I think it's. it's I think it's. I, think no, it's, I'm just kidding. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I think it's. Honest, Thanks for embarrassing me. Oh, sorry, man. I honestly think it's Fred Van Lent. Okay, uh, Fred Van, and he's amazing. He he wrote a. Uh, Another comic book called Action Philosophers. He won a grant to publish it, and that's how he broke into comic. Books. So he got somebody else to pay for it. That hippie. He got Peter Laird to pay for <laughs> it. Oh, is that what it was? And oh, Peter Laird, really? Yeah, he no, he he won. Oh, made me recognize. I recognize. Oh, so, so now that he now comes, you're in the story. Now, now that yeah. he comes oh, yeah, from I'm Teenage in. Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, the only it's, comic it's qualified. that ever mattered ever. Hey, listen, yeah. uh, Todd, you're boring him. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> so we also got it's called the Zerik Grant. I can go on and on. I know no, you can, but you, you're gonna stop right there. Deadpool marks for money number two is <laughs> also out, which is not underground or independent or obscure in any way. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, then I know nothing yeah, about that. It's a mainstream that. comic. Yeah. I love that, Ryan. But Reynolds. we do have Ghostbusters Deviations, which is the Ghostbusters following an alternate timeline. Oh, so it's all women. Yeah, basically. I love that trailer! The premise is that they fail saving the city at the end of the first movie. So what happens after that? So the Stay Puft kills everybody? I don't know if it kills everybody, but they fail, essentially, at the end of the first movie. So if they fail... If they fail... It's similar to what Dark Horse did with the Star Wars Infinities line, where something goes wrong in the initial story, and then they branch off. Well, they also just did X-Files... Uh, deviations. Yeah. Hey, Gannon, so, I, I know you don't like to look at Todd, but make sure to alternate turn your head so I can hear you in the mic. Can you hear me now? Oh, no, yeah, good, good. How about now? Yeah. Good. I, I'm, you're great. <laughs> Fantastic. So we've also got, for Marvel, we've got International Iron Man number one. Good. Which is a new number one for you to buy. Mm. Uh, Mocking, yeah, Mockingbird number one. Will you please not mess the mic, Todd? <laughs> Sorry. God damn. We've got, uh, <laughs> and the Secret Wars hardcover is coming in, which is like all I just want to do a good job. Sorry. Hardcover. Hardcover. And for independence, we've got Rat Queens, the new issue of Rat Queens. Yeah. Right? That's a little... Do you like uh, that, Todd? That's obscure. <laughs> well, it's Sounds right. a little uh, prejudiced. So is Spawn. Uh, <laughs> probably the way you're hearing it, uh, you've know, coded racial language. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know how much you hate them thugs. I know. Word. Uh, <laughs> Word. <laughs> we've got Lost in Space. Oh, as in the Lost in Space. Just like your moral compass. Oh, <laughs> and... <laughs> And we've got then we've got the Batman v Superman polybag variants, which is Superman fifty, Superman Wonder Woman twenty seven, and uh, and Green Lantern number fifty. Oh, fantastic! Go and see then, the movie. Don't buy any of those. Wow, wow, that hurts. Uh, 
Now I'm I know just, I know I'm it comes out. I hate DC Comics. I'm sorry, uh, okay. but I love the movies. Listen, you it's fine. I have a question. When do you get these comics? <laughs> <laughs> when do you get the comics for New Comic Book Wednesday? We get them like right when we open the doors at 10 a.m. So we're not okay. sorted in by like lunchtime. Okay, no, no. The only reason I ask is because I, I was wondering if if we could get a preview of those on the show for our our. our our, oh yeah, they're not in our right viewers. Now. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just curious, just curious. <laughs> All right, well, that listen. Three 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 Dairy Road, Maui Comics and Collectibles uh, has us here every week. It is a wonderful comic book store. Please come support local business. Uh, local business thrives Please. only with your dollars. Okay. Also, uh, buy Rat Queens. Right. Don't buy that other DC garbage. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's pronounced. That garbage. is messed up, dude. <laughs> no, I just your French. If it's it's pronounced Target. Target. Nice. It's, if you're a hoity-toity hipster yeah, butthole. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just... It's it's because I think that if you are going to do the DC stuff, like, don't buy the poly bags. You know, wait a because week. Because then you're just buying into it, man. Okay, I bought, like, what? two copies of poly bags on each tile, so, like, am I the enemy? No, you're not. I bought... <laughs> and not I, you. You're one of the good ones. And, and, that's funny, because I was here when Todd bought a I, ton of yeah. poly bags. <laughs> well, I, I bought four... Mm-hmm. And I could have bought more, mm-hmm. and uh, but his mom wasn't here. Don't let, don't let, don't let, don't let, that, don't let DC trick you into that, man. What is this soapbox about comics, man? Jeez, I, I just, uh, I, Mike, please. He has a right because he competes in the marketplace. Oh, is that what it is? I just okay. don't think you realized how crunchy your sidekick was going to be when you picked him. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just, did we pick him? I just really hate uh, Jeez, Marvel and DC, Tom. and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I love Wow. That. That's messed up. Yeah, DC's like my favorite. I'll Marvel. physically fight you over that. Wow. Uh like for for what? For like because DC and Marvel's Jack great. the King Kirby? Stan the Man Lee? All those guys are either dead or not writing. Stan Lee's not dead. Wow. He's not writing. No, he's anything. not writing. He's not Chakra. Writing. <laughs> Which is garbage. Wow. wow Todd, I didn't know you were felt so strongly about this. No, I, I uh, decided to uh, come out tonight and tell everybody that that uh, you're gay. Yeah, if uh, <laughs> if you're gonna, if there's you're, nothing wrong with that. I didn't say there was. I was just saying. If you're gonna buy superhero comics, mm-hmm. do an independent comic, like like Spawn. So or, so Red or, Queens or is or about superheroes. No. I'm not saying I'm Look, not if saying, you're going to buy a comic about bearded women mm-hmm. Rat uh, Queens is the way to go Rat Queens is <laughs> or, or you could do Low by Rick Remender Are there bearded women in there? No, not but interested. it's a cool comic about the bottom of the ocean wow. And how nobody can live on the surface Is it written by James Cameron? Look the irony of this whole thing is, is that I didn't realize that the Nerdwatch was going to be such a soapbox For independent comic books I'm not hey, saying. You know what else comes it out didn't start that way. Is, is Big Show Little China number twenty-two? Hell yeah! Oh. And I don't know. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Big Trouble in Little China is showing <laughs> here on Maui on St. Patrick's Day. Wow! I yeah. I think that from now on, Todd should host the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got to learn how to talk on the microphone yeah, first. I think so. I, well, I, listen. I just want to do a good job. Well, thank you, Gene. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Very thank you. Much. Uh, I do want to. I do want to get to that point. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, that's watching on Akaku and listening to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for selling out um, the uh, Big Trouble in Little China special uh, screening happening this Thursday. 
um, uh, 7 p.m. <laughs> at Maui UK. Comics and Collectibles. I would prefer that you guys be there at 6.30 because we've got a little pre-show happening that we'd like you guys to be a part of. Prizes to give away. We've got some trivia. Uh, Professor Barry is going to put his thinking cap on and give us some trivia. Anti Kai info. is going to be there. Uh, anti- I don't know if I Professor Barry is wearing his thinking cap but... right now. Too, What's that? So. Anti Kai is going to yeah, be there. she's going to she be there. She was there as Maui in stunt double, and she was also as a henchman on in one of the scenes. Fantastic! Well. I can't yeah. wait Greg's to have gonna her there. Greg's going to be doing his, uh, his three storms uh, performance. That's right. I, I have <laughs> that whole. Once. I have the whole uh, henchin down. The whole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the whole cadence down. Sean's going to be there as Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, yeah the the, the he's going to be there. Was Rain, or maybe he's the Silent Thunder. No. Well, let's just say that he's one of the three storms. That's what it is. He is. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. You gotta do that. Whole... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Um, but uh, I want to. Just a shame nobody saw that. Once yeah, again, I, I know. I really want to express how much, how important it is that you guys uh, helped us out with this. I know without it only this, because of them. Yeah, yes. And I and I want you guys to know that I would like to have uh, we would like to have more of these and we need your support for them. Um, so if you like to watch movies like this on the big screen, without you we can't do it. So please um, uh, uh, accept our gratitude for uh, coming to this uh, to this show on Thursday. Uh, but also just know that if if this goes off as as planned, we can have more of these fun little shows and maybe we may even ask for your help in picking what you'd like to watch on the big screen as well. So uh, thank you so much, guys, again. We really appreciate it. Big Trouble in Little China happening this Thursday, March 17th, 2016, at the Regal Maui Mall Megaplex on the lovely island of Maui. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Uh, what? I'm, I'm completely fine. I'm good. I'm not crazy at all. I'm that's, doing wonderful. That's a line from the movie. Yeah, I know he, it is. He's quoting the movie. Yeah, I know he is. Well, listen. I, um, I think... Chinese uh, girls do not come with green eyes, sir. Yes. I do know that as well. Okay, good. That's right. <laughs> Green eyes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody but apparently, if you're Kim Control, you get a pass anyway. You better get your best. Based on the rules of the movie. I wonder if we're going to have our best low pan impression. Maybe that's what we should have. Somebody <laughs> with their best low pan impression. That'd be great. At the theater. Oh, I'd, rather, I'd rather an egg Shen person. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the electricity actually happens. That's right. During the impression. Egg Shen, bus driver, tourist, bus for tourists. I love it. Anyway. Um, I want to get this show on the road. This is this oh. is all precursor. Not just you, buddy. <sighs> no, this, we got 15 minutes left. That was show. all precursor for a couple of things. Uh, first off, and we're done. Um, <laughs> <it's right. laughs> we're going to be talking a little bit about Ten Cloverfield Lane because we all saw that. Um, uh, we also have a lot of other uh, uh, news stories to get to. Walking Dead as well. We've got uh, uh, Indiana Jones news. But first, we might as well talk about it because it was a big deal. The day after our Nerd Watch podcast last week, the Ghostbusters trailer. <clears throat> Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. I love that trailer. No, um, ladies and gentlemen, we got the big reveal of a brand new uh, Marvel Civil War trailer, Captain America Civil War trailer, and we got to see for the first time. Wonder Woman. Spider-Man. No, no, no. I wouldn't say that's the first time we've seen Spider-Man. Well, in the... In the <laughs> I, think I, saw saw him, I saw him in five previous movies. Mm-hmm. Good. This is the, the first last... time we saw Disney Marvel Spider-Man. There we For go. For the last two years, mm-hmm. every year. You know, I Dare I start just... with Todd with this? Oh, let's do it. All right. Uh, well, talk yeah, to Mike. Talk, talk to me. <laughs> so, what did you think, Todd, of the uh, of the new trailer? 
<clears throat> I thought it was just like the previous trailer, except with Spider-Man at the end. And it was... <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't make me want to see the movie anymore. And as a matter of fact, I might not see the movie because of this trailer. Wow. Why so much hate? Because it's garbage. Wow. You were more opinionated... because I was beaten as a child. You, you are more opinionated no about this than the, uh, than the he Ghostbusters was trailer. He action figure of Spider-Man as a child. I know, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You have wow. no joy in your heart. All right, so it's Gannon, true. what about you? What did you think of the trailer, and uh, what did you think I, of Spider-Man? I thought it was Marvel's ploy at telling Warner Brothers to go stuff themselves with their Batman v Superman, honestly. Mm. Because it's released two weeks before Batman v Superman is supposed to come out. Mar- Civil War is not due for another two months or so. That's correct. So it, the timing of it, and in particular having Spider-Man in there, it was definitely... Ter- it, terrible Spider-Man. It, it clearly, for me it looked clear that it was deliberate ploy on their part to steal some yes. of the Batman v Superman thunder. Yes, yes, yes. On the opposite end of that, the trailer was still was still a good fun trailer. Mm-hmm. Give me tone of everything you wanted to see. Uh, you know, every character that you want to see in there got to, got to shine a little bit. Um... But all in all, it's the same exact trailer we got, essentially, from the last one. But, as Todd said, with Spider-Man at the end. Okay, so what did we think? What did you think of Spider-Man? Or Spidey? The, the, the tone of it, the, the tone of Spider-Man seems correct for what Marvel would do with Spider-Man. Um, as I was talking <laughs> about format before we started recording, I, I was a little put off by the eyes closing and opening. Oh, you're crazy. Oh. Well, only, only because, like, within the Marvel realm, within the Marvel universe... They, they tend to keep it a bit more realistic. So if there is no explanation as to how the eyes open and close that way, mm-hmm. it just feels like they want to do what Deadpool pulled off. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you can really I get I think away. they actually do it better than Deadpool I, I don't know if you can get away with it within the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know. I love it. I it, it came it. across a little cartoony compared to how they've done the movies in the past. Right. I, I, I agree with you on if that. If there's no logical reasoning for why the eyes open and close, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping there is, then it, 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 it for me is a little off-putting. It, it seemed like a very cartoony aspect to films that try their best to skew a little bit more realistic. Interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. Format, what did you think of the trailer, sir, and uh, of Spidey? Um, eh. <laughs> Everybody has this attitude a- about Spider-Man. A- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really wow. any more excited. Like, I'm still going to see it. Of course. It's not like I'm not Of course, going to, of course. Um, Spidey's in it. Mm-hmm. Do we like? Do you the... want me to do cartwheels or something? I don't. Well, I don't know listen. What you want he wants you to web the microphone out of his That's hand right. and jump over him. <laughs> well, I want to know. Do we if like? You want some cartwheels over Spider-Man? All right, right here, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I want right. you to dare bypass I, format. Dare I? Dare I ask, Bruce? Sir, no. You... <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Brilliant. Alika. Brilliant. No. Don't, don't, don't talk to Alika about this. I Alika. love the Spider-Man suit. Oh, I thought okay. it was awesome. No, you it's know terrible. Why? It's the worst It's because supposedly Peter Parker's making these other suits at home in the Raimi Spider-Man mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the last one we just had. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man series with Andrew Garfield. He's supposedly making these suits at home or whatever with okay. the help of other people. Right. They're these shiny latex-looking things like the bat he suits from all the Batman movies. The no, but this one looked like it was made of cloth. Like, hey, maybe Spidey made it. Maybe Spidey made this one. In China, and he sent it off. And as far as the eyes go, the eyes look good, too. Because you can see that they're part... 
they're part of a mechanism. It's not like an emoting thing. It's not like... Yeah, it looks like the, like the yeah. lens of a camera. And so it matches the comics because sometimes the black border of his eyes would become wider. Gotcha. And it would symbolize emoting, but really he's just like focusing but on But in something. the comics, they do that to show emotion. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm a little iffy about how they're doing it in the sure. movie. But I, I trust Marvel. By this yeah. point, I really trust Marvel with everything. That's, that's what I'm hoping and for. And they're going to ruin your life with Civil War. Did you notice he has a utility <laughs> belt? If they didn't ruin my life with Avengers 2, I, they're not going to ruin that's the Civil War. Did that, you notice he has a utility belt, though? I saw that, and that was cool. I like that. I li- I, 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 I'm assuming that the... And mechanical web shooters. Well, I'm assuming that the black More, more importantly, I want, I want to see some underarm No, they did a close-up shot of him getting the shield. You actually see the sh- web shooting out of him. Ah, that's it. Um, anyway, I'm I'm still curious about the Underoos comment. I didn't know that was awesome. That was perfectly uh, cool. in fitting with Way Tony cool. Stark's sense of humor. That's a Robert Downey Jr. ad lib. Yeah, is that what that was? Reportedly, oh, wow. it's, it's it's a Robert Downey Jr. ad lib, and it works because he is Tony Stark right now, and that's just exactly what Tony Stark would say to Spider-Man. Okay, uh, Hennessy, what did you think sure. of the trailer? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was first awesome. All, did you all, actually see it? I just want to say, yes, I, I did see it <laughs> twice. You want to give it up real quick? Yeah. You didn't just watch it now while we were. Oh, I mean, no, actually, I watched it yesterday twice. I uh-huh. enjoyed it. It was awesome, and I got the Underoos comment. I thought that was great. You know, mm-hmm. little ad lib. Right, right. It was cool. You liked it. I enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Professor Barry. Yeah. Uh, sir, you also saw the trailer. I'm guessing. I did. And uh, what was your take? I still feel like it's a movie that it doesn't look like it has a center. It, it's it's starting. These movies are starting to feel like it's too many guys like pushing each other out of the frame to to you know. It just feels like there's too many people. Too much going on. Um, but it looks like fun. Um, I think the movie's going to fail or succeed in spite of Spider Man. I don't think Spider Man's going to be the reason this movie fails. And I don't. It, it's hard for me to even get a sense of what it's going to be like. I mean, it seems like it's youth skewering, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's you know it's it's trying to go in the direction more of Alan Garfield than Tobey Maguire. Um, but yeah, I don't know. From from the little taste they gave us, I like that he's in the movie. I think it's interesting. It James Garfield. What's his name? James Garfield. Andrew, Andrew, Garfield. Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I feel it feels like they're trying to go more in that the sense of making it young and making it also uh, trying to make it as Deadpool esque as possible because mm-hmm. this is like as close to Deadpool as this movie has, which is to say, you know, his his line in the trailer well, did come across as breaking the, the fourth is, wall. And no, it's you got to remember that Deadpool is a complete ripoff of Spider Man, <clears throat> a wisecracking jumpsuit guy with a mask, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Sure. like his costume design down to a sense of humor is well, all was, ripped he, from Spider Man. He was, but he was also a ripoff of Deadshot too. Of his backstory, his backstory is a ripoff, but his mannerisms, his acrobaticness, as much as his, as much as life and his wise mouth. Deny it, but I mean. Yeah, push in. they ripped everybody off. Life I'm just going to hang out on Gannon's <laughs> shoulder all <laughs> night so you, you can hear me. Good, yeah, That's good. Actually, you sound much better right there. Um, so uh, Eat it. <laughs> okay, avoid touching the mic. But, so just to you know. uh, clarify. <laughs> go. Like this, turn it. Turn uh, Deadpool like you, was a, yeah. there you go. Um, a Marvel adaptation of uh, Deathstroke, not, not Deadshot. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Boom bad. goes the My dynamite. Bad. No, I'm My just kidding. Bad. I have no right. idea. All right. I've got no nerd. Can I pick here. this up and then drop it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. yeah. You already did. So you're like a mighty Thor awesome. and drop it. <laughs> I was already reading independent <laughs> comics by then, so, right, right. so you don't know anything. I'm too about old history. school. You're too old for it. Okay, I got it's it. Savage Dragon. All right, so that so in let, young blood. Yeah. Let's just say <laughs> a good yeah, comic. Cool. That's true. Kind of. Yeah, nice. They had awesome covers. Yeah, so I'm assuming that's a quotient for. 
for seeing the Civil War hasn't gone up or gone down with this trailer. It's just another no. nice preview of looking at Spider-Man. You're right? going to see it no matter what. Right. No, I'm exactly. not. Excited I'm, or not. I'm not going to see it at all. I think the Spider-Man looks good, though. I, I do, too. I do, too. Um, Todd, why aren't you going to see it with us? Because... Um, because he's a contrarian. Marvel, Marvel's already got too much of my money. Wow. You're, why, why are you taking a stand with this? Yeah, Says so the guy in a Batman shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And, and, I, and I thought that it was helping out the industry. And I thought that Marvel was Then you realized they didn't want to promoting, promote Black Widow at all? Yeah. <laughs> and there's too many things wrong with Marvel for me that I, I just... And, and then this... This particular movie is kind of... I don't think I'm going to go see This is where you're going to make your stand. Wow, you're making your stand. I respect that, Todd. He's declaring his Civil War against Marvel with the film Civil War. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It sounds as if... Honestly, and and honestly, like, you guys at Marvel, you guys could send me a million dollars to draw Spider-Man. I would never do it. But for two million dollars, you bet you would totally... (laughs) Hey, Todd, Todd, this is... is, I'm a child. This I'm is a like ch- Halle Berry's panties. We weren't yeah. invited. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm like a. I'm well, like for a, two million dollars. <laughs> I'm a. Ch- I'm a child of the '90s, and and that's young and blood I, all the way, baby. I've got a real uh, bad what feeling for, for Marvel for, because of so. That. So Todd, here's the thing: is that um, for the premiere like for, the, for the premiere Civil War, I need you to do a portrait of Spider-Man. That's not so. going to happen. <laughs> It, it for any I, amount of money. I feel like you should be wearing yeah, sunglasses I, and a beret right now. I know. That's true. So snobby. Yeah, what the hell, man? You twist your, your, your mustache. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's when you... Now you're supposed to say... Oh, 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 oh. That Spider-Man's not going to happen, man. <laughs> that's, that's Spider-Man. I will draw him in the garbage. <laughs> well, Batfleck takes a dump on him. Yeah! <laughs> Take that... Wow, that is a... Wow. Listen, I respect that, but okay. I think you're insane. But, you know, more power to you. I, I, I like you, Todd. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I, I, I respect that. I, um, I know you guys are all going to go see the movie and tell me how it is. I'll be at home downloading it like a week later. <laughs> hey, listen, don't admit that on the show. Remember we we do not condone cool? that. No, oh, we do not. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> do I miss those days? <laughs> yeah, that's a guess in trouble, Todd. That's great. Awesome. Thanks. I'm, I'm not going to download it for free. It's going to be you, like you know that Marvel doesn't available. listen to us, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, they so will. Take stand does, now. Listen, they, does. they will. They will. You know, Marvel is like the CIA. Okay. Yeah. You know, they're, that's, well, they they're have more, plans. They're, they're they're more more like, on their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Right. They're more like the NSA. <laughs> the, the NSA. They, listen, right, NSA. they listen to everything, but they don't do anything about it. That's very good, mm. sir. Good point. I love that he has a wall of Marvel right behind <laughs> yeah, him, yeah. too. He's making his big stand Marvel. against the man. I, again, he's wearing a Batman shirt <laughs> to be counterculture. Yeah. Wow. You are, you are he's being man. ironic. Right. Next word. next week. I we... hate ironic kids. <laughs> next I will take you out back and beat you over the <laughs> next head. <week>. Winston <laughs> Churchill ceramic lamp that you bought at the yard sale. Beat him with that invincible hook right there. It's I'll awesome. bury you in that vintage bassoon. No, I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> <laughs> unless, in, hey, if, unless, I mean, unless I can get a discount on the book that you beat me with. There we go. Like, wow. I, I might take it. Wow. Just you're, for that one. You're I love a, it. I like the fact that he's selling that. It's like, you can beat him with a book as long as I get a discount on it. That's great. Yeah. That's a good job, sir. Good job. Give me, give me like, I'll only go as low as 30%. <laughs> 
If I can beat you within 10% of your life. Yeah. That's, there you go. <laughs> I'll take it. I love that. This is I taking a it. dark turn. It is a very yeah. dark turn. Uh, so, uh, uh, tune in next week when I get beaten with a book. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, listen, I've been checking with the henchmen, see how much time we got left. Because I do want to talk about one more thing before we uh, well, go into podcast like time. 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We got how much? Twenty minutes. Twenty perfect. Wow. Okay, fantastic, great, good amount of time. <laughs> this is going on forever. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, just, it won't stop. Um, this weekend, we had an opportunity to see a film um, that uh, myself, <laughs> Professor Barry, uh, the one and only Todd, showed up to uh, and brought his drunk friend. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, did. <laughs> I, I hadn't had anything to drink that night either. So and then, cool. of course, Gannon went, and so did Hennessy. And so did Silent Sean. I think the only two people that were left out of the equation were uh, Mr. Alika and Mr. Foreman. Thanks for the invite. Um, we told you guys we were going to go. You know, was, the invite chain? It's going through some real hard stuff. I could have used, uh, <laughs> used to pick me up. He had, he had just seen okay, the Ghostbusters trailer. No, don't worry trailer. about it. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't. And he was no. super upset about the <laughs> Ghostbusters trailer. It's okay. Don't even. And he was like, okay. what's going to make me feel better? Why can't you guys invite me to a movie where there's going to be a trailer for Civil War? <laughs> there was, too. Without Spider-Man. And I think that that was the wrong trailer they put in, too, by the way. I yeah. thought that was supposed to be the Spider-Man trailer, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I'm really sad you didn't come, Malik. I'm really sad you didn't yeah, come. Yeah, me too. Me. I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad you guys. Are we talking about again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you guys later. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that, and we'll start on this end of the room with Professor Barry. Oh, Ten Cloverfield. The people that actually saw, saw it, right. <laughs> that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> um, Want to get Professor Barry's impressions of the film first? Ten Cloverfield Lane, eight years after the original. Yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, the one and only John Goodman, uh, an hour and forty-five minutes. And um, what did you think of Ten Cloverfield Lane? It's one of the nicest surprises of the year. I think it's uh, it's refreshing to not know where a film is taking you because so many of these films, it's like the ending is always never in question. You always know where the film is going. In the, in the case of this movie, this film could go absolutely anywhere. And even once the premise is established, right. that it's three people in a room, that where do they want to go outside? Do they not want to go outside? Right. There's all these questions. The yeah. movie's constantly piling on the questions. And once everything is clearly in view and you've got this, which I won't describe, but I mean, you've got this money shot of Mary Elizabeth Winstead standing on top of a truck, seeing basically everything, everything in clear view. I was just delighted that this movie took the kind of chances that it did. Mm. It pushed the story as far as it could go. It is anchored by three wonderful performances. You mentioned Goodman, who is fantastic. Mary Elizabeth mm. Winstead, who's never had a role this good in a mainstream movie. Independently, she's done good stuff before. Um, but, you know, mainstream, you know, John McClane's Daughter, uh, Death Proof. Movies where she was more window dressing than anything. She's a lovely actress. She but was she's, in the Thing remake, but she actually wasn't bad. Yeah, she was. She she's wasn't, not, she wasn't not bad, bad in that, but let's face it. It's, uh, it's no. not a great movie. It's not a great it's, movie. And, and it wasn't well, really a great role for her, too. Film, but it was decent. Because she's yeah. done great stuff in little films, but big movies, she hasn't had a role like this. And it was nice to see she her. She was the hot cheerleader in Death Proof. That was the pretty awesome. The hot cheerleader in Death oh, Proof. Yeah. But, uh, and, and we should also mention John Gallagher Jr. This yes. This is a guy who co-starred in Destin Cretton's uh, Short Term 12. He's a great actor, and he was great in this. His character uh, had such an air of mystery about him. I wasn't sure exactly how much he knew, how much he did knew, how much right. we could trust him. Sure. So that, that for me, that character kind of kept me on edge the whole the entire he felt like a, He felt like, a, um, he felt like the... Uh, the comic relief a bit. 
Yeah, comic relief, but at the same time, I'm just kind of wondering, like, I don't know if I completely trust this guy. And no, I but that was good. That was, that was like lurking under the surface. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is a this is a debut film, which I couldn't believe. Uh, John Trachtenberg, he never directed before. This is his first film. What confidence! There's the the best scenes of this movie don't have any dialogue. In fact, there's a five to ten minute long opening scene with virtually no dialogue. It's yeah. very visual. It's very cinematic. Mm-hmm. And the ending, of course, is the extended ending, which I won't describe, is uh, is very much just image driven, very cinematic. Um, this is a this is a terrific film. It's it's beautifully right. made, mm-hmm. um, and I mean the last thing I'll throw it out is that we've we've heard about you know efforts being made to make a new Twilight Zone movie. I, the last we heard about Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, supposedly going to produce a Twilight Zone movie. Well, you know what? This is a model of how to do it. You know, if, if this like if this movie had Twilight Zone presents Ten Cloverfield Lane, this was a Twilight Zone movie. I'd mm-hmm. say they did it. I right. agree. This I agree. Is, this is what they should aim the for. The man Dan Trachtenberg um, is known for. I believe you can still go on YouTube and look at it. Dan Trachtenberg did a short film about the video game Portal. Yeah. Uh, very impressive piece of uh, of short film movie making. Uh, if you've never seen it before, you can actually look it up. Dan Trachtenberg did a short film for Portal, and the Portal, of course, is the video game uh, from Valve that deals with um, blue and red. Blue and orange portals that you can uh, that you can actually walk through with this. And it's uh, there's this portal gun. It's really cool stuff. It's a puzzle game, and he kind of put it to uh, put it to video or put it to uh, put it to celluloid, as it were. Uh, good stuff. Dad Trachtenberg, very first film, by the way. Yeah. Uh, according to according to J.J. Abrams, he came in with a vision, and J.J. Abrams liked it a lot, and that's why he went with it. Um, so uh, I'll skip myself, um, and we'll go to Todd Bernardi, uh, the Pasta King, or the. Uh, um, the comic book elitist. Um, uh, what did you think of Ten Cloverfield Lane, sir? I liked it. Um, and? And I think that the thing that I liked about it the most was um, John Goodman's performance. Um, I really, there was, he sold the whole movie for me. Um, he's in, I didn't think that the other actors had um, quite the <clears throat> command. Um of the material that John Goodman did, and I think that, and I, and I got that she was scared, and I got that he, you didn't know what was going on with the other guy, but um, the fact that they were kind of there, sort of captive, was really sold by um, his his performance. Um, that and that for me was like the sort of the best part. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a John Goodman fan anyway, mm-hmm. um, but, <clears throat> but mostly because of Roseanne, right? <laughs> what are your thoughts on King Ralph? <laughs> and, and and I really and I mean I I mean I liked him in a lot of other stuff. You know, the Big Lebowski for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flintstones. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, but not the second also he he was the best part of the second Flintstones too. Now, because he wasn't in that. Now, now that uh, you enjoyed the film overall. Um, yeah, overall. Now, Gannon, um, you also went to see the film. Uh, you and uh, the one and only. Um, uh, Silent Sean as well. The one and only what's his face. The only one off camera. Yeah. Other um, than Swan. So what did you think? Um, well, it's a, it's a well-executed thriller. All the performances were great. Um, but for me, and if you follow the history of the film, and it depends on how much you want to believe in it, the ending for me came across very tacked on. It doesn't... Watching the film, knowing the backstory, the, the way I've read it, it... it, it I'm trying my best not to spoil it, but um, 
the way it ends, if you watch the film again, it doesn't really feel like there's any logical reason why the movie goes that direction. Okay. And it really does feel like there that there was this desperate attempt to throw an ending to that movie that would lend it to that universe where the movie would have actually been just as strong, if not stronger, if you had just kept the trajectory of the film leading up to where, again, this is getting into spoiler territory, but when she makes her escape. Mm-hmm. Or at least when she makes her escape attempt, shall we say. What happens in the last 10 to 15 minutes, it, it's, it's well done, but it's such a dramatic tonal shift for me that like, I kind of could see the scenes as to where they added something to it just to push it into that universe. And it, it does come across a tiny bit forced. It's well done, and the movie doesn't necessarily suffer from it. But I do wonder if they if if they'd kept it the way that I've read it was supposed to have been would it would have just would have been just as strong of a movie without it than with it. Sure, is what I took away from it. So, but overall though, what, what overall it's a great movie. Like for, for me, it might even end up being part of the top ten for 2016 because it, it is it's a it's a well executed thriller. Right. There's there's no question of that. All across the board, John Goodman is probably going to be talked about all year because of this movie. And well-deservedly so. Um, Mary Elizabeth Wynn said, you know, to, to kind of back what Todd was saying, it's a reactionary role, but she does it very well. Right. And, and Barry's right as well, is that, you know, I haven't seen a movie that she made that much impact as an actress, even though her sure. role is very reactionary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if she's not a great actress, she wouldn't have reacted to, t- John, to John Goodman as well as she did. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, but again, um, I can't even remember the, the, the name of the other actor in the film, um, but the third, the third role in the film. He was the only one that kind of was a, a tiny bit of a false note, but it's because you just need to have an extra character there. Sure. Because if not, you just would have had basically misery in a bunker. Sure. Yeah. Ultimately. Absolutely. But um, the movie through and through is, is great. Like, I, I love the movie. But should it be a Cloverfield movie? That's where I get into fuzzy territory. Right. Um, can you tell us what Silent Sean thought of the movie? Uh, he thought it sucked. Wow. Really? <laughs> you got a thumbs up from Peanut wow, Gallery. Wow, wow, wow. Um, uh, Hennessy, you saw it Sorry. as well. You came with us. And yeah, what did, did you think? I enjoyed it. Um, at first, I was a little bit... I, I don't know. I guess I went into it expecting a little bit more. The first movie, I didn't really like. The jerky camera stuff, all yeah. that. Kind of like that uh, reminiscent of the uh, Blair Witch, mm-hmm. which is just too much going on. It's, it, you know, it just kind of gave me a headache really but sure. this one was better mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much in the beginning but by the end it was good I kind of thought there would be a little bit more of a, a give at the end than, mm-hmm. than what we got right but, well no spoilers I mean yeah, we don't want to spoil it it really is tough yeah. to not spoil the movie yeah it is but, but it's, it's a good enough movie that I, you don't want to let, let's put it yeah. this way it is yeah. it is it is the best of I, I, I have by the way just because I'm going to I did a review for the film it's on mywatch.com you can check it out um, I read I, it. it's pretty mundane. Oh, thanks. I appreciate, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Oh, thanks, um, um, uh, the thing about Ten Cloverfield Lane is is that it was a it was a, t- a tremendous surprise to me. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this good uh, as it was. I thought that John Goodman was amazing. It's the first time watching a movie with John Goodman that I did not know that it was John Goodman. Yeah. I, it was the first time he ever melted really into a role. And I mean that, and I don't mean that as a, an offense to his other roles, like in The Big Lebowski, where he's great. But what this about, one, what about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, oh, right. But what I'm saying is, this one was so ominous, and his character in the film was so ominous that it just, it really, he really became that guy. He became Howard, yeah. 
and I really liked it a lot. I thought that the story was very well done. I thought the whole conspiracy theory, um, the whole the whole doomsday prepper thing, and the whole the, the whole doomsday uh, happenings were the crux of the film, and it really worked. And the mis- the fact that you could build a mystery inside probably one of the most mundane and boring bunkers, yeah. bunker movies. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. You're building an interesting mystery, a mystery surrounding this film. And I thought it was fantastic. So uh, big ups to them. So uh, going around the room, starting with Professor Barry. Uh, Professor Barry, what would you rate it on your star rating from one to five? Uh, four. Four stars. Four stars. Wow. That's a great movie. It, it is. It went up after you thought about mm-hmm. it. It did. All right. Uh, Todd, what did you think? Uh, move that over there a little bit. There we go. Thank you. Two stars. Wow. Are you, are you lying? Are you messing? No, I mean, I like the movie, and I think that it was an entertaining film. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, uh, I like Star Wars The Force Awakens better. Wow, you're such a jerk. <laughs> wow. 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 Two stars for Todd. <laughs> yeah. The pasta jerk. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Gannon, what did you rate it, sir? I, I give it a four, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four? Four yeah. stars? Wow. Um, and uh, Hennessy, what would you give it? Three and a half for me. Three and a half for you? Yes, sir. Uh, I am with I am with Hennessy on this one. I give it three and a half stars. The only reason why is because I thought that the, just like you, Barry, I thought the for anybody that has not seen the original, the ending can be a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I really liked it a lot. I think that um, I think that Alika and Format should go on a mandate and see it together. Um, okay, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Mandate is in one word or mandate? mandate. He mandates we mandate. Right, right. Uh, I mandate that you mandate. Just had to be clear because he threw that out too fast. Yeah, you guys have got to watch this movie. It is very good. Can um, we get a star rating from Silent Sean? Uh, yeah, Silent Sean. Yeah. Um, um, thank you. Three. We didn't need to know how big your. Well, anyway. Um, Three? 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 Curves to the left. <laughs> Our apologies, our apologies so, so, to Aaron Fulton. So three stars, three stars from uh, from uh, Silent Sean, who was there in the audience with us. Um, that's very special. Um, so uh, overall, Ten Cloverfield Lane. If you have not seen it yet, do yourself a favor, go watch it. It was absolutely amazing. And go see it this weekend before Batman v Superman pushes it out of the theaters next week. Yes, that's very very true. Very, very true. All right, listen, it's almost time for us to get out of here, guys. But before we go, I want to let you know that stay tuned if you're listening to the audio portion of the podcast. Because coming up, we're going to talk about some Indiana Jones. We're going to talk about a little bit of Die Hard. Uh, We're also going to talk about, um, there's something else, Professor Barry, that you wanted to mention. Well, Die Hard was the one, and then uh, we can talk about some of the trailers. We can talk about Miss Peregrine. Uh, Miss Peregrine as well. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, um, gents, I can't believe it. Once again, um, I still got seven minutes left. I, that's fine. Big trouble. Listen, how long does it take us to get out of anywhere? Seriously. I know, exactly. Um, I'm leaving right now. <laughs> it, it, takes me seven, it takes me seven minutes to get out of my pants. <laughs> there we go. I mean, what? <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is happening this Thursday. It is. Um, uh, if you do not have a ticket, uh, unfortunately, I believe we're all sold out now officially out. here at Maui Comics and Collectibles. Uh, the last of the tickets went away today. Uh, so uh, we have no tickets left, but you can, uh, you can actually, if you already have tickets and you've already purchased tickets, Alika, how's that going to work? Just to give everybody an if idea. If anybody has their tickets, either show their... Um the verification at the door with mm-hmm. their ticket number, or just show your ID because your name is a uh, your name is associated with the ticket. Fantastic! You're on the list. And if you don't have tickets, just stay home and watch it on Netflix or something. Hey, hey, it's not as good. Hey, yeah. If they have tickets, we have their money. 
I mean, not, that's not, not the point. Me, we, but... don't, we don't care about the money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, once again, please. Hey, do... they spend 12 bucks and they don't show up. That's on them. That's on them. <laughs> please do yourself a favor and show up a little early, about 6.30, because uh, we're going to be doing a little pre-show. Uh, we've got trivia, we've got prizes, and we also uh, have a very special guest coming as Silent well. Silent Sean doing Jumping Jacks. Mm-hmm. He'll, be do- he'll be doing it as well. He'll be uh, doing a, uh, a uh, one-man version of the Three Storms, if you want to come down yeah. and check it out. It's going to be amazing. He also has and that. It's going to be messy. Yeah. <laughs> Gallagher. That's right. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to know where the thunder's coming from. <laughs> I don't either. But if you do, show up early. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Uh, 6.30 is uh, when you guys want to show up. Movie starts at 7 o'clock. Um, so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. The Nerd Watch, Maui Comics and Collectibles, bringing you in, uh, giving you an opportunity to watch a, a classic film from the '80s on the big screen. We want to do more of these with you guys, and if you guys would allow us to do so and support us, it'd be great. It's, um, it, it's. <laughs> I would like to say that uh, we are benefiting from putting on this stuff, but we're not. We just enjoy putting them on for you guys and to build the community which loves the things that we love. And uh, we can spread that love around Maui. Is that good? Interesting choice of words. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, uh, you got to commit to it more. I know, sorry. Especially I, when you're spreading I, love. I so <laughs> we can spread that love around okay. Maui. I, I, <laughs> Come on, a moat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I was, say it like you care about what you're well, talking about. I really want you guys to know that, <laughs> that, that the love of, of the nerd culture is with us, and we want to spread that around to you guys. It's kind of like V, not VD. It's more it's about getting like the a, tribe together. <laughs> that's right. It's getting the tribe together yes, right. to do something we all love. Right. It's just making more nerds so we have other people to nerd out with. That's right. That's right. So uh, what we want to do is we what we the nerds that we want to cultivate and put together. What we're saying is is that we need more virgins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> Virgins with green eyes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> wow. Uh, so, and Big Trouble Little China screening at the Maui Mall is 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 one of the first steps. So, uh, more of these should be coming. We're gonna have. We're gonna be. We're gonna I've, do our I've best. I've got a fever, <laughs> and <laughs> what what I need is more nerd movies. Hey, uh, I. I and need you guys. And, and the irony is to come support. Christopher Walken's going to be at the screening as well. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know for what reason. We, we invited. Really we, he was in the movie. Was he was. Scene, he was uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. He played the headless He's horseman. <laughs> it was <laughs> me. Boo. But in all seriousness. Big Trouble in Little China happening this Thursday. You guys uh, be there early. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be at we're gonna try and be at every single comic book movie. We're gonna be trying to be at every single uh, nerdy film that you guys can think about. Me too. Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and I'll be there with a cowbell. Yeah. Todd's gonna be there. Todd, Todd's gonna be there at Civil War picketing. So uh, with with my cowbell. That's right. With his cowbell. Um, and I'm I'm bringing Christopher Walken. <laughs> And he's gonna he's coming with his watch. Fantastic. I appreciate that. Well listen, uh big shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for watching on Akaku. He died. (laughs) Will you stop it? All right. Big shout out to Akaku for watching us on the show. (laughs) Wanna send a big shout out to uh Professor Barry, to uh the one and only uh Todd Bernardi. Gannon in the house. Wow. Well. Format in the house as well. Wow. The one and only Alika. And of course, uh, wow. Tennessee. And Simon wow. Sean. And 
the one and only henchman. Oh, what, what about Sean. Barry? Yeah. You I said just, Barry. You I said, said Barry? Yeah. Pay oh. attention. Wow. Yeah, pay attention. He's <laughs> just so in character. I get so it. It's not Galvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's not. Well, listen, uh, Akaku audience, join us next week. We'll be, be back here, same nerd time, same nerd channel. If you're listening Maybe. to us on the podcast, sure don't go canceled. anywhere because uh, we got more stuff coming up for you from uh, uh, Die Hard to Miss Peregrine to Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming up. So until next week, Akaku audience, peace out. Much love and most assuredly always stay nerdy and don't say it too loud because you're going to break the mics. We say to you, Aloha! Perfect. All right, guys, we're now on podcast time. Podcast time. Woohoo! I'm so excited. Podcast time. All right. Um, Everybody, bring in all the food. Bring in all the food and all the chips. I guess it's podcast time now, so uh, let's do this, shall we? Um, I know, right? (laughs) Where's Todd going? Is Todd going somewhere? He's going home. Bye. Oh, bye, Todd. Wow, mic drop. What a jerk. So listen, gents, um, uh, we got a couple of things to get to. Uh, first thing is first, um, interesting That's news. Uh, <laughs> are you leaving locked out? I got locked out. Oh, in. stop it. Um, uh, we're actually Stay recording, Todd. So shut up. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> wow. gents, uh, big news. We got a lot of hits on it at nerdwatch.com, by the way. Uh, Nerdwatch, what? excuse me, Facebook.com like slash Nerdwatch. Five likes? Five, something like that. That's a strong post. Seven, seven. That's a strong post. Seven, strong post. Mm-hmm. People were strongly, uh, were, had some strong opinions about it on the Nerdwatch Facebook page. Um, <laughs> Indiana Jones has been confirmed, courtesy Shia of... Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> courtesy no, 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 of no, no, no. that's right. Courtesy <laughs> of Steven Spielberg and no, Harrison Ford returning to the role as Indiana Jones. Um, and so how are they going to explain Shia LaBeouf? Age of seventy-eight by the time they make it. How yeah. did Shia LaBeouf die in in this one? I, I, I'm not too sure. <laughs> did he get sucked up into the exhaust fan of the UFO? <laughs> my, my, guess, my, my guess is that they're going to finally do a paternity test. It turns out he wasn't even his son. Just joking. This wow. guy's your son. This guy's introduce your son. a new actor. <laughs> turns out, you know what? It would be a dark short round. Turns out to be a just son. do it. Wow. Ooh, ooh, that would wow. be a dark turn. That by would the be way, a dark speaking turn. of dark turns, I think Todd farted. I don't know what it That's is. That's why he ran out That's of here so fast. That's why he ran out of here so fast. Oh, anyway, because I can smell it. It's pretty bad. Uh, anyway, um, Indiana Jones. <laughs> and now everyone knows. Now everyone knows. Um, Indiana Jones. Uh, let's start with Alika first. You obviously read the post, yes? Yeah, I just saw that. You can smell it, can't you? No, but I don't want to. So okay, I'm, good. Nice. I'm just doing some prep work. So, hey, thanks, Barry. It's going straight to us. <laughs> you could have done one of these. Oh, God, it's thick. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, so, uh... Uh, are any of you guys excited about uh, about? No, I, I look. I'm more morbidly curious. Do you think that Harrison because number Ford... four, like even like I'm a very optimistic guy. I can enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. I for some reason couldn't even find my way into enjoying Indy Four. Uh, I have to tell you something. Uh, you, you enjoyed need to, it. You know, I didn't enjoy it in the theater, but it's a movie that was meant for television. And uh, it's a very different I'm sure, film. I mean, it, it keeps. It, I'm sure it'll keep my interest because of who it is and what it's about. But it's just like, you know. Plus, there's a nod to Back to the Future in Indiana Jones. And Are they trying to the cross Christmas the streams? Skull. No, no, not not Ghostbusters. No, I'm saying cross the continuity streams. Yes, like they, Back well, to the Future. Well, because the the initial the initial ending of Back Our to the Doc Future is made. Is it? See, I knew it. I told you, I knew it. 
anyway, in the original in the original Back to the Future ending, uh, it was uh, in order to I think it was in order to get the car to move or to get to get to get it up to eighty eight, they had to go to a nuclear reactor or an ato- uh, where there was plutonium, right, or whatever it was. And what happened was is that Marty had to had to hide himself in a lead refrigerator, and that's how he survived the blast. And Indiana Jones took that idea from the back to the original Back to the Future script. Or they could have stole it from Pineapple Express. So you mean to say that's that, how Seth Rogen survived the blast? So you mean to say that Steven Spielberg, who didn't write that film but produced the film, mm-hmm. thought that that idea was so genius yep. thirty years prior that uh-huh. he decided to execute it thirty years later? Correct, sir. I doubt that. Correct, sir. That's I what I'm thinking. I doubt that so much. Yeah. That sounds like something Greg would make up. No, yeah. uh, you know, uh-huh. and the reason why I know this, number one, is because I saw the, uh, the, the, the documentary back in time. And that's exactly where they referenced it. So a bunch of Back to the Future nuts. Uh, back, so well, made it up. Just, but, yeah. Greg, uh, right. You know, long. guys like Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. You know, the guys that make it, they, they're just totally making things up until as they go along. Until it comes out of Spielberg's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> All right, point taken. But anyway, it up and it shows up on <laughs> this the is kind of like when two asteroid movies come out in the same year. Sometimes ideas are just you know they just kind of percolate in other people's yeah, heads. One of them gets to use Aerosmith for the soundtrack, and the other one, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> things just happen. The other that one way. gets Morgan Freeman as president. <laughs> <laughs> now, unless Bob Gale said that, I know Steven Spielberg personally took the idea because he said so. That's a little bit different, right? Well, that's what that's what they were saying. So it, it, it sounds well, logical. Morgan but... Freeman was singing the Aerosmith songs. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my I don't want to miss a thing. So my speaking of which, Morgan Freeman's next door and hang loose. Yeah, <laughs> is he really? No, he's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I want to know something: Is Indiana Jones a viable property? Number one, sure. and number two, is it viable with Harrison Ford? Yes. Okay. No, he should have passed the torch like last movie. They really botched it. Nobody wants the torch to be in Shia LaBeouf's hand anymore. Right. So this is like their last, last chance before Harrison Ford Boom. can no longer do these movies. Boom. They're like, yeah. let's... So are we, are, are we saying that Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull does not exist? They're going to have a hell of a time trying to explain it away, but I want to say they're going to do their best to not include it in the continuity that they're doing. All right. Barry, Indiana Jones, what do you think? Oh. I hope you can hear that. I, I don't think I don't know if they can hear that, but Tom's if you can't setting off car alarms. Yeah. <laughs> he did suspiciously come back just before that started. Uh, <laughs> it was your car, wasn't it? Freaking Todd, you're such a prick. I set down and that was all I did. All right. Well if you're gonna if you're gonna have an opinion, do it have it on the mic, but uh, pick it up. Professor Barry. All right. Indiana Jones. Is he viable? Is Harrison Ford viable? Is Steven Spielberg off of his rocker? What's the deal? Uh, if anybody it's does ironic it, that he uses the word rocker. <laughs> yeah. If anybody is going to do it, I'm glad it's them. But, but it's a problem because they they did set themselves up with Shia LaBeouf. I mean, Last Crusade had them riding off into the sunset. That's a perfect, perfect ending. The ending of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a problem because it, it basically says you have to have this young man as part of this, this story because that's, that's where we're at. Um, I'm afraid that the whole thing is getting marvelized in the sense, let's, let's do worlds of Indiana Jones, let's you know, have different movies that are prequels. Dream sequels. sequence! Well, that's every, every property nowadays is doing this stuff. Dream sequence! Crystal Skulls was a dream sequence! <laughs> Crystal Skulls a dream sequence! Indiana Jones was in bed with Mary... Well, Mary... Marion Ravenwood. Mary Ravenwood. Yes, and it was a dream... 
It's just like Dallas. And if you know that reference, uh, then you're then you're a nerd. You you're a total nerd. Anyway, show. so do you? Think I'm not sure you're a nerd if you remember you. something from Dallas. Well, I don't know. It's, it's a special kind of. It's a special it's a, kind of. Nerd. It's definitely a whole but, other breed. So what you're but saying? But the ending is iconic. Okay, so what you, you're saying you is, can is that you do the same reference, but something more recent, like Krampus. But I think yeah. that, I think <laughs> what, what I think what Barry's saying does have a lot of merit because what he is saying because he said it. Well, of course. Because <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. Barry says Every is golden, Barry obviously. Every time Barry says anything, yeah. he's automatically on board. Yeah, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but in all honesty, what he is saying does have merit because now I guess that is it, there is some truth to it. If Indiana Jones is becoming a Marvelized property... Anything is possible. Well, every property is that way nowadays. Like Ghostbusters, they, they announced like last year. And that's, but that's, we'll see where that goes. That idea might die after one movie. I mean, well, we, you know, it's, well, we it's can't, to be fair to Ghostbusters, they already did it. They had their cartoon universe. There's sure. quite an expanded universe there. It's just who knows if it'll work. Well, one can only hope yeah. after this all-female movie, it will die. So, uh, <laughs> Let's not... Dive that demon ghost, but we did that all last week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just. But with Indiana Jones, though, it, it's it's a problem. Still better than Civil War because we're already talking about recasting the recasting the character with a younger actor, or you know, like like whatever angle they're trying to go with it, it's problematic. Um, I don't want to jump right to it, but I do want to what? talk about the Die Hard thing because that's they're they're kind of going in a similar direction. This idea of of you have the original actor and you have a younger actor playing him in flashbacks, or you have dual storylines throughout the movie. There's there's a way to do this, and it might be smart. But with Indiana Jones, it's a problem because this is one of the most iconic characters in cinema. Not just like in the 80s. I mean, this is one of the great movie characters of all yes. time. Yes, We want Harrison Ford to have a good send-off. And you know what? For better or for worse, Ford is terrific in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's a great performance. If he mm-hmm. walked away from the series after that, that's great. I don't want to see Chris Pratt or anybody else do this character. And, and finally, I don't know if the Indiana Jones series... I'm just going to say it. I don't know if it really continues to work in this new generation. There's something so hopeful, so innocent, so uncynical, so completely earnest about these movies. I don't know that they're going to work for future generations. I think The Mummy works for future generations. I think like those like you know those spin-offs work. Mm-hmm. But I think Indiana Jones is one of those perfect things that they should just kind of walk away from, like E.T. or Roger Rabbit. <clears throat> Interesting. So what you're saying is is that. Indiana Jones, for all intents and purposes, is a time capsule? Yes. And, and I know no one's going to agree, because obviously it, the, the name is so iconic. There's yes. so much money to be made. So obviously no one's going to listen to me on that. But it's unfortunate because you know there was never a sequel to E.T. There was never a sequel to Roger Rabbit. And I say, good. So there are some things that are just so perfect and they're wrapped up so perfectly. And seriously, the ending of Last Crusade is so perfect. Well, it, yeah, it's a Last you, Crusade or Crystal Skull? Last if you Crusade. wrap it at Indiana Jones 1, 2, and 3 and that's a wrap, I think everybody can agree that that's a good, perfect trilogy. And mm-hmm. Crystal Skulls was just like unnecessary. Crystal Skull, well, it's, no matter how you look at it, it's a problem at this point because uh, it doesn't end with you know the end. It ends with, you know to use dot, the word, dot, an, dot. an ellipsis. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, now what we're we got to we got to address the fact that Indiana Jones is married, that he has a son, uh, that he is you know that oh, they're banking on somebody as emotionally unstable as Shia LaBeouf to carry on the front. No, I'm just kidding. 
Well, you know, <laughs> no, it's true. It. Because you never knew how crazy Shia LaBeouf was going to end do up being. No, Until yeah. he grew the rat tail and started freestyle rapping all over the place. That was, and that was a, a you know, and I, I applaud Spielberg for that kind of experiment because, I mean, he really groomed this guy. I mean, you know, Eagle Eye was 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 a vehicle created strictly for him through through the DreamWorks, you know, like... Uh, Good movie. I think it's a very underrated movie. I liked it. No matter I how you look at it, he was he was really groomed to be like this big new movie star, and it was an mm-hmm. experiment that completely bombed. Right, so Eagle Eye, Disturbia. You're right. He was very much yeah. yeah he was well. He was it's part of the, I don't know what deal Hollywood has with Disney or whatever for that machine of pumping these young stars up into their like what mechanism? How do they pick them? Like they're like you, Shia. And then they like just like you're going to be the next famous guy because they just pick him out of this Disney machine. If I'm going to guess, it's Shia because Ben Foster was also a Disney star, Jewel State, like all these right. people who, well, yeah, Shia Miley Cyrus, Christina Aguilera, Miley Justin yeah. Timberlake. Ooh. Let's think about it. Yeah, for a those second. guys didn't make any money. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf looks like a young Steven Spielberg. Spielberg probably saw this guy and said, "That's me. I want to. I want to be Indiana Jones's son." I think he's going to deny that now, though. <laughs> well, now he would. Yeah, but, I mean, now if you look would. at the actor in Holes, if you look at the you know the actor in Constantine, he looks like a young Steven Spielberg. I'm sure he looked at, like this kid mm-hmm. is great, and he looks just like me. Let's groom him to be the next robot. He's I an robot. robot. Yeah, right. Is Jalabov Jewish as well? He sure is. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you seen the cut of his jib? Uh, no, uh, uh, I'm sure uh, uh, all uh, Jews uh, do that, though, uh, right? <laughs> Wow! Wow! There's a specific one guy that does it. Wow! Yeah, it's called the Moyle. (laughs) (laughs) He cuts off his jib. Nice, good job. The Moyle is usually a jib cutter. Here's the name of the podcast, by the way. (laughs) Jib cutter. I know that from an episode of Seinfeld. Fantastic. Yeah, good job, Todd. No, but uh, I I think Mm. that uh, Indiana Jones is a uh, iconic character, but I, I don't see him going away. I don't, and I think I think they should be done with the movies. If they're going to expand the universe, there was a series of interactive video games and like. I think that, that they should bring back young where Indiana it wasn't Harrison, Jones. It wasn't Harrison Ford. Netflix. Yeah, they did young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I as think a that car, they should. Like, I know, think that if they want to expand the cartoons, comic books, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. just remember that Sean Patrick Flannery is now in his in his late forties. Yeah, so this is who a problem. It has to be him. Good grief! Yeah, we, we have an actor him. who is. You know, if you guys are thinking like that, let's let's bring Ruben Phoenix back. It's a hologram. <sighs> from the crew from Last Crusade. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. We're gonna start following that line. Uh, so okay, so okay, here's and, and, and I mean everybody identifies with Indiana Jones as Harrison Ford as Harrison Ford, but that's um, not the last actor that ever played him. Yeah, we've we've had other. Indies we've had already. a ton of Indiana yeah, Jones. It's well, fine. All, all I know is is that. The, but cinematically, they should just bury it. The only Indiana Jones that exists that could have been better than Harrison Ford is still Tom Selleck in my book. You know, what? I mean, we that, all said this. Tom Selleck. I, I think that we really? all said he this. Almost, he was almost Indy. You yeah. didn't know that? I don't. I knew that. Just I him. He's, he's funny. He's got that charm. Greg keeps bringing it up. I don't know. He was cast so in the role, and then Magnum PI happened, and Magnum PI said, "We're not letting him out of our contract. We have got this guy booked." So Selleck went and did it, and you know, even though Magna P.I. you know lasted for years, and Selleck became rich ten times over, he said that is the one great regret of his career because he's you know he's stuck in TV land at a time where he struggled to make it as yeah. a movie actor. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is becoming one of the great movie characters because Selleck only had that happen once to him, where he had the top-grossing film of the year directed by our our dear late great friend Little Nimoy. Yes, Three Men and a Baby. That is mm-hmm. the one blockbuster that mm-hmm. that Selleck has ever been a part of. Tom Selleck, if you've never seen the the screen tests, 
I'm telling you something. Charming as hell. He is great. Yeah. I I know yeah. he's very charming. I don't know what it is. Well, just a very. It would have been a very different movie. Sure, it's yeah. the mustache. And Selleck did a movie called High Road to China. It's yes. Like, yes, that is like that gives you a preview of what he could have been like as Indiana Jones. The movie is forgettable, but he's dressed. He's like super Indiana fun Jones. in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that movie like it, it gives you a little taste. He would have been good, just a very different Indiana Jones. He's, uh, he's I think all, I have heard, seen that movie. It's a great movie, and then what's funny is is that he, he, Magnum PI even did a parody of that. Right, remember that's that? Right, they and he wore the hat and everything. He yeah. wore the hat in the whole that's night. Right, I think yeah. Indiana Jones. Uh, for uh, if it, just, just to kind of wrap up the Indiana Jones talk, um, now that they have tried the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. do they go back to the biblical? That's the question. I mean, what you know? Because honestly, they go back to the Tom Selleck. Well, we got I a seventy-eight-year-old. You know, we got a seventy-eight-year-old movie star. What you know? I mean, we're going to let the stuntman do everything. What is he capable of doing? What do we want him to do? I mean, mm-hmm. do you know? I remember when they first announced they were going to do a fourth Indiana Jones. It's like, are they going to bring back the Nazis? Because I mean, that's the best villain Indiana Jones could possibly have. Mm-hmm. I think they recast Indiana Jones's son with Adam Driver. What do you think? Ew! <laughs> what do you? You're insane. I think that they'll do it. I know. You're insane. No, I wanted but to... they, they kept creeping through the timeline a little too quickly. Like Crystal Skulls is already in the atomic age. And... The 50s. So we're gonna I go t- to the 60s now. No, yeah. but the thing is, is so that I got the space race. Maybe I, and now, and just just because, just because I can, I think that the the juxtaposition of Indiana Jones jumping to the atomic age in the 50s was a really cool thing to do when you watch that movie that was that was my major problem with it though because like the the tone of the 40s and 30s and whatever Mm -hmm. before that is is the golden age of basically like the american enlightenment basically so you're right the 50s were such a different time and i don't think the tone of indiana jones fits the 50s but that that and for me if you watch it again i mean i like how the lensing of the camera and all everything but that's the brilliant thing is that is that it's it's really neat to see that indiana jones doesn't fit when you watch I it back again, watching him not fit into his environment, he's too old. He's even he's too old for the fifties. You know, that's what I thought was really cool. And like I said, uh, for as much as I didn't think it was a great movie in the theater, it's a much better movie that plays on television. And I think that Indiana Jones could be uh, essentially another. It's a it's we could have one more with Indiana Jones and call it a day. And I think that that's what's going to happen. Yep. In my opinion. I think they're going to make no, this I movie. See like three more. No, out. this is going to be the Rocky Balboa of Indiana Jones, and then they're going to make. And then Michael B. Jordan. And then Michael B. The Jordan next. will be the do- yeah. the daughter this time. We're getting. We're getting Indiana we're, Jones. We're getting a black Indy. We're, we're getting Indiana. Creed. Finally, we're getting wow. Indiana, Indiana Jones so white. Jones. Hashtag. <laughs> All right, Black Indy. That's the name of the podcast. Indiana Creed. Um, no. <laughs> Indiana uh, Creed. <laughs> I think it'd be better if it was Blindy. Blindy, oh, I like oh, that. That's good too. Here's my take on it. All right. Everyone, it's been well documented that Lucas, Spielberg, and Ford, they're the trifecta for the Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, always have been. There's no Indiana Jones film without the three of them, which is why it took so long to get to Crystal Skull. Yes. There was, I wouldn't say infighting, but there were so many discussions over what they were going to do for the next film that even Spielberg himself had said that he wasn't so wild about doing Aliens because he had just come off of War of the Worlds at the time. So he wasn't wild on the concept of Aliens being the central 
theme right because of George kept, Skull. George George Lucas kept he kept pushing for right. the alien motif, so Spielberg right. kind of tried to make. And it they a went through like how many scripts? Right, yeah. uh, and they they gave up on the Frank Darabont script, which for me, if you're going to go that angle, was the better way to go. It was. Um, I agree. I've read it. It's actually really great. Yeah, um, I heard Sean Wan wrote a really great script. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Um, so what I what, what where I'm coming at with this is that for me, I think. Ford and Spielberg are looking at themselves in a position of like, if we want to put our final stamp in Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. we, we're now in a position to do it where we don't necessarily have to deal with Lucas. Which right. is not to say in a bad way, but he's not, he won't have as much of a say in it in this time as he did on the, on the last one. Right. So they can they can you know consult with him about what they what they want to do with the next film, but he's not the final say into what goes what goes ahead. Mm. Now, I'm but not did exactly. he sell? Did he sell the indie property to everything in this Lucasfilm or under yeah. Lucasfilm banner oh, belongs okay. to Disney? Okay, okay, gotcha. So I don't think mm. this is a, a, a ploy to do a cinematic universe. I don't think it's a ploy to restart the franchise. I don't think it's a ploy to do a spinoff. I think, as far as those two are concerned, if they're going to do one final indie film, this is they probably want to do something that's more along the lines of what they wanted to do. All right, so F George because they were they they were on the same pl- <laughs> they were on the same page as what they wanted to do. It's been documented as such that they knew what they wanted to do, but Lucas kept pulling it back in his direction. Gotcha. So it was, it, Good. If you watch Crystal Skull, it feels that way that at a certain point somebody relented in right. order to make an Indiana Jones film. Got it. That makes sense. That yeah. does make sense. Hey, Alika, uh, one thing. Uh, stop stroking that mic. I can hear it. Anyway, uh, number two. Um, thank you. <laughs> I can I can hear it too, and it's turning me on. What doesn't turn you on, Tyler? Um, Marvel, DC. Okay, okay listen. Let's not grab the mic. I can it, when you guys there. See when you guys move it. Jeez, Louise. I'm getting more mics in here, so I don't have to touch just, them all the time. I just want to do. do what right. if the Kakui project gets picked up? Becomes mainstream and gets and DC and or Marvel want to pick it up. What do you, you what? say? No. Oh it's my, thirty million. That's my nightmare. Barry, Barry, don't get him started. Oh my <laughs> gosh, we don't have time. Anyway, um, listen. Um, oh, I wanted to bring up my point about Die Hard. That's what I was just about to say because uh, let's wrap this Indiana Jones thing up because Barry has a very interesting, uh, uh, some interesting news that just came out. There has been a synopsis put out. For um, speaking of fr- old, uh, speaking of uh, uh, I guess you could say waning franchises, Indiana Jones jumping right to Die Hard. Die Hard has another franchise or another movie coming out, uh, which is called Die Hard Origins. Die Hard Year One. Year One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's the synopsis on this film? When it originally came out, uh, Len Wiseman, who who directed. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Uh, he's he, married to Kate Beckinsale. That's his, that's his claim to fame. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, okay. okay fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he also directed Underworld. Uh, like once again, married to Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> uh, anyway, going. Well, uh, he and Bruce Willis have been very particular about let's do one more Die Hard. Let's make it great. Let's go out with a bang. Let's make this good. So the, the original synopsis sounded really lousy. It sounded like the movie was going to be bookended by Bruce Willis as the older John McClane, and the middle of it was just going to be young John McClane, John McClane's first uh, experience as a NYC, you know, New York City cop. And it sounded like, oh, it sounds like a really half-assed way of going at it. And Len Wiseman said, no, 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 I want to be very specific about what this is because this is really special, and this is the reason we're doing it. We're going to, we're writing it right now, and we're not going to, we're not going to make it until it's just right. Okay. It's going to be two parallel stories. It is a die-hard movie with Bruce Willis, and it's also. The, the New York story. So it's New York in the 70s. So it's not only two stories that somehow wrap together uh, with, you know, it'll be an actor playing young John McClane with Bruce Willis, older John McClane, but it's a love story between John McClane and how he first met and fell in love with Holly Gennaro. 
So the, this Die Hard 6 is going to be a love story as well as an action movie with these parallel plot lines. So it's going to be a modern-day story with the 70s story and the two meet. You know what would be a better idea? If Hans Gruber had a brother and he I met him... They did that. Yeah, oh, they did that. that's right. Yeah. Dang, it. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Just anyway. You know what would um, be even better? Well, a, is if John McClane had a brother who's been planning all of these things... Oh, to to him. John McClane and then his brother Jake. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say Bobby. Bobby McClane. Bobby McClane. That's good too. Something that just doesn't have any yeah. villainous kind of ring to it. Okay, so yeah, you know, like Spectre. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, don't get, don't get me started on Spectre. <laughs> anyway, McClane. so good. <laughs> Such a great premise. Such a good premise. I agree. One of the best films of 2015. Thank you, sir. Oh, gosh. I okay. say four stars plus. I, I think that this movie should be the detective. The old Frank Sinatra movie, originally written by Roderick Thorpe, and I think that they should go back and film it as a John McClane novel. Wow. Wow. That's, you were like, I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed you brought that up. Interesting. Because that became the basis of the original Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, the sequel did. Oh. oh. He wrote uh, Roderick Thorpe. Hey, hey, hey. Finally, listen, don't school Barry on this stuff. Rod, Roderick Thorpe <laughs> finally, like, he wrote a sequel, and then the sequel was picked up as a commando sequel, I think. And oh, then, that's. And okay. then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger passed on the project, and they kind of rewrote it as just a standalone movie, and that's what became Die Hard. Mm. And then, and I know you know this. I don't know why I'm saying. No, that. no, I'm also thinking about Die Hard Two, which is based on a novel called Fifty Eight Minutes. Fifty Eight Minutes, it's great, great book. Great book. Darn good book. Yeah. Now here's the thing, gentlemen. Uh, let me let me go around the room, and I'll start with uh, Hennessy, and then move yes, on sir. to Alika. All right, uh, Hennessy, um, are you prepared for another Die Hard? Yeah. Think so? Yeah. yeah. I like you, the franchise. I think it's great. You do remind me of a, of a, of a dark-skinned John McClane. That's so, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. That's it right there. Um, Alika? I prefer Samuel L. Jackson, but I'll uh, Well, Sam... Yeah. You don't swear enough. Yeah. Oh, I can you change that. Yeah. I can change that. You, you don't swear enough, and you're you're not you're not an activist like he is. Anyway, um, uh, uh, excuse me, sir. It's called blacktivist. A blacktivist. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> What's in your world? All, all lives matter. That's that's the name of the podcast. Um, anyway, um, uh, Alika, Die Hard. Is it special to you? Do you enjoy the series? It's not. I'm not. It's not like a. It doesn't have a special place. Like number one, of course, is iconic. It's not so of course, Christmas that's unless you watch Die Hard. Like, I kind of just glaze over the third and fourth. That's like Justin Long and uh, whatever. Yeah, I think it's a very. I think that's an underrated one. I, I enjoyed uh, three, them as movies, but the thing is, they don't. Jackson. They, they're not like up here, you know, like they kind of lost steam after the second one to okay, me. Okay, we are. We're not on television anymore. When you say up here, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure people can assume I'm pointing up, right? Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. They're down here. <laughs> my hand's down by my balls right now. <laughs> No, it's, no it's like no, it's not. That's not. <laughs> we can see that. They're, they're underrated. You're not even touching. Yeah, you call them underrated. I think they're overrated. Okay, but they're not You're bad movies. They're good else's movies. Ball. I'm just. It's not like something I fawn over. <laughs> Or, or fond of lover. I think I stopped caring about Bruce Willis as that character after the second one. Wow, that's after interesting. the second one, really? You didn't like <sighs> with the Vengeance? I like the movies, but it's more about the side characters after that hmm. for me. Okay, that's that. that that's that was, why they keep having to pick a different side character to prop it up every time. That, Who's going to be a sidekick now? Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, the, that was the big thing, though. The big thing was is that uh, it, when we got to Die Hard with a Vengeance, the biggest change was. It was summertime as opposed to winter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, 
<laughs> the thing is, it became a joke, and I for, I think people forget that it was such a joke. Like mm-hmm. the movie when you're explaining Die Hard, the announcer's like, "In the winter, blah blah blah," and like it's just. A, but that was actually Die Hard, the movie. They're making all these jokes, and they're all about Die Hard. But think about this. Think about this. Remember in the beginning of Die Hard with a Vengeance, not to get too off it's track. Not, you know, it's not a very thick plot. You know what I mean? When you could ne- now, in the day and age that we live in, you could never do what John McTiernan did to John McClane's character when he first meets Samuel L. Jackson in his neighborhood. Right. Oh, with the sign Remember when he had to wear the sign? Yeah. The the poster the 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 poster the board one that says it would be all your friends, <laughs> right? It's something like that, right? Exactly. Never, it never would that ever happen. And it's so interesting that it you don't you know think that that's more of a writer's choice than John McTiernan. Well, well, true. Good point taken. Because I, that, I that script was actually written to be a Lethal Weapon sequel. Yes, it so. was. Yes, it was. And I agree and it with you. It's retrofitted to be a Die Hard. Yeah, I I agree, I agree so with you. Every 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 Die Hard has always been something else. What was that again? I'm sorry. Every diehard has always been something. But that's kind of my point is like they're not – it's not like a very distinctive They're like, oh, this is garbage. I mean, Bruce Willis. Movies. Well, yeah, listen, diehard – what was it? Yeah, Live, exactly. Yeah. Live Free or Die Hard it was actually – the actual script was from Predator 2. Oh, no, it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Which came out 20 years before. <laughs> just kidding. Predator 2, by the way, gave me nightmares as a kid. <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, Format, are you uh, are you uh, close to the, I guess, to the material? Does, do you enjoy the material, the, the Die Hard material? I enjoy it, but... Uh, do you think you, you... Are you ready for one more Die Hard, or do you think you were, we should be done at this point? Oh, no, yeah, sure. No, Why not? You're done? Okay. You're, you're, you're down. G- uh, Gannon, uh, I'm assuming you're down. You like uh, Mr. McClane. The, the, the last two left me wanting, mm-hmm. to be fair. Um, if there is one good last go-around for the character, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah. Uh, I would, I, I would rather see something that's a lot closer in tone to the first one. That way it does kind of come full circle a little well, bit. Well, I will agree with you. Live for your Die Hard song. Because, I mean, when I just think about the last Die Hard film, he was literally in a car chase where, I swear to God, he must have been in three car wrecks in one car chase, and he had no injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jai Courtney on the opposite end is borderline crippled mm-hmm. just from that one car chase sequence. It, yeah. And I just remember watching the film, I'm like, it's so far away from what the original film was. In the original film, the reason why we really love Die Hard is because it's a hero that gets hurt. Right, he's not, and he's not he a superhero, right? He literally goes through hell right. to get to the end of the story. Mm-hmm. He really does. Mm-hmm. As the films go on, he, he goes through less and less turmoil. It just... He becomes a cartoon character. He becomes a superhero. Like yeah, not, he becomes so there's there's no threat mm-hmm. to him whatsoever in anything that happens to him, especially in the last two films. Like he is he's he might as well be Iron Man at a certain point because there's really no threat to what's happening to him. True, I can. He's see in that. no danger when you see him surfing on the back of a Harrier jet. Like this is supposed to be just an average New York City cop, wrong guy in the wrong place. That was the worst part and of that he's, movie. He's literally surfing the back of a Harrier jet. Yeah, I just, agree. Like, it's so far away from what the first one was all about. Yeah, I agree. Like, the first two films, they, 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 they follow the through line of what the character and the, the, the idea is all about. Once you get into the, the, the remaining films after that, again, he becomes a superhero. So, I, I would want, I, if they're going to take it back to the original tone, then I'm all for it. All right. Now, uh, Todd Bernardi, um, uh, our resident independent comic book elitist. Give a one-word answer. Um, <laughs> are you ready for another Die Hard? What's going to happen? Wow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm, I am, I'm ready for it. I want it. Give it to me, please. Okay. Um, I think that, um, like I was saying earlier about how Die Hard was based on 
um, a sequel to the, the Detective by Roderick Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Nothing Lasts Forever. And in that movie, <clears throat> he's tr- actually trying to save. And I read the book. Um, you read? Yeah. Oh. Occasionally. So, so in that movie, um, John McClane's trying to save his wife. But um, because of the difference, the gap in mm-hmm. the, the gap. You're going full you, walking. That was so eyes. unintentional. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> because of the gap between the publication date of um, The Detective, mm-hmm. which came out in the early 60s, mm-hmm. and I think um, the Nothing Lasts Forever came out in 1978, Holly mm-hmm. um, Gennaro was actually his daughter. What? In the book. Really? And he's trying to save his daughter. And um, McLean is a, he's, he's not McLean in the book. Um, it's a different. Uh, yes, we, right. It's somebody from. It's it's the detective from the detective, and um, he. And at the end, when he, he saves his wife mm-hmm. from the burning building, mm-hmm. at the top of it, and he pulls her back up on the roof. Mm-hmm. At the spoilers. Uh, sure. <laughs> spoilers at the end of Nothing Lasts Forever because I know you, you plebeians don't <laughs> read. <laughs> well, uh, uh, hey, listen, mark that. Thank you. Yeah. 126. Um, <laughs> you also say the word read on the podcast. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he can't he, say read. He actually, he can't save his daughter and his daughter dies. What? Wow. And it's a very powerful thing in the book because it's, he's like, he reassesses this whole action superhero figure. And he's like, man, you know, if I had just surrendered at the beginning... And let the actual cops take over and try to negotiate with these guys. Maybe my daughter would still be alive right now. Wow. wow. And he's like, that would have been a smarter way to go. And I think that it was a real logical ending um, for the book. And it should be a more logical ending for um, an interesting That would have been a real movie. bummer of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to you describe the plot was kind of bumming me out for the past 30 minutes. Holy crap. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, I think that you're like turning everybody off towards reading. It's like, is that what reading? I think, I think, I think that um, they should they should redo the detective, and they should redo Nothing Lasts Forever with with like a new actor, and they should actually do those movies. Just make it a super bum out, disappointing movie. In, and in the, <laughs> just so Todd Bernardi can see what. Oh, so that's what it would have looked like as a movie. Awesome. A in Todd the, Bernardi production. In, in the detective, in the detective, he's trying to solve the murder of a gay man. Back in the '60s, and wow. nobody wants to I'll know why why a homosexual got murdered, and so he's actually trying to f- like figure it out. So wait a minute. So wait, wait, wait. And so in this book, stories even. Uh, so how? So did they just did they just take disparate parts of the story and and, and they're related to Die Hard? How did like that work? Three different no, it, different so um, the the detective was actually made into a movie with Frank Sinatra. Yeah. In 1968. I remember that. I did not know that. I knew that that, that <clears throat> was made. I didn't know that was based on that. That was based on the original Die Hard. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Well, the original. And according to sort Greg, of the original. It's, it's underrated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, we give it four stars. The, um, detect- the Detective is actually not a bad movie, but it's just not that good either. It's like when he was doing movies like uh, Tony Roma. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of, like, they were of, in. They were okay. Oh. Middle range movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome ribs. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I think that if you brought back the John McClane character but is more of a serious guy and actually encountering some of this stuff, 
Um, I think that you would see it for another generation, like how Barry was saying, Indiana Jones doesn't really, um, isn't, isn't good right now um, because everybody's cynical and, 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 and the 30s and 40s sort of adventure, mm-hmm. adventurer doesn't really play with audiences now. Yeah. You, you could bring back John McClane yeah. as... Indiana Jones? No, as 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 the way that the Roderick Thorpe originally intended his character to be portrayed, and it would be an amazing an amazing piece of. So it'd be of a dramatic. It'd be more of a dramatic turn Sounds as opposed to super an depressing. There would be no sequel. As opposed to an action no movie. No sequel. There'd be <laughs> barely in the original movie. It would be a it would be a neo noir film, and I think right, that it would right, make. Right. I think no it would noir? make. You could charge a whole dollar for it at the. At the <laughs> you can't use those two words together. <laughs> Listen, I, they, they used it in 1968 to describe the detective. New noir, neo noir, neo noir. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. He's right. It's a thing. Oh, um, well. I'm sorry. I'm bumming everybody out. But what I'm trying, <laughs> you know, the the point. I'm sorry, it stopped. Oh, well, the, I'm maybe. Sorry, the point that I'm trying to make is yes, 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 yes. Um, that you you could reimagine these characters as they were originally intended. For a new audience, and it would it would be new. Imagine these characters being much more boring than they originally were. Come with me on this magical journey. Come on. Well, I'm just try- I'm just trying to piggyback off of what Gannon was saying. Was like there's totally no believability with John McClane anymore. I, and I agree. Surfing a Harrier jet. I agree. Like with this you. guy actually got hurt in the original Die Hard. That was so, the beauty of it. Let him actually be a detective. Let him actually do police work. Let him actually interview somebody. That's a true. No, this would be making an interesting point. Interesting that. point. Yeah, that, you know, but that's but, no longer Die Hard. Yeah, you'd have to. That's you, a completely you different movie. Different film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, the movie you're talking the, about is is Taken. Which, those well, movies, which are very Die Hard esque, although those movies end with a very Hollywood, you know, the, um, way. But those are much darker films. Roderick Roderick Thorpe originally saw Towering that. Inferno. Yeah, and that's why he decided to do the detective sequel. Towering uh, Inferno is a great forever. movie, by the way. Very good movie. And so he was like, let's do, let's do Towering Inferno with the guy from The Detective, and I can see a novel. Right. And so I'm thinking that um, that's basically what we're seeing when we're seeing the original Die Hard. So uh, next, uh, next week, I, I'm officially uh, christening that Todd has a cast called Book Cast, mm-hmm. and we talk all about the books that he reads. I am so down for that. I, I, would, really, I would really enjoy listening to that, Todd. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm sure Todd would be very happy to, to have that happen. I'm, I'm He'd just, be it's number one listener. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to impress Barry. As all, I'm impressed. Me. I'm impressed. See? It's working. Yeah. See, totally yeah. impressed. I, and he's really my audience, is Barry. Like, I'm, <laughs> like he's. He's who I'm focused on this, this for. This is the part of the podcast that I'll be listening to. That's no right. Else that's right. As he rubs his nipples. That's and and Barry well, and that's cool because it Barry, was bad enough when Greg was kissing them, all up on right. Professor Barry. Now that's now true. we got Todd doing it that's too. Right, that's true. That's true. So uh, listen, um, uh, Die Hard. Obviously, I think I think majority of us are very excited about another Die Hard. I think the parallel storyline will be something that's new for this franchise. God, I, I the hope idea. they release another video game. Oh, yeah, the video game was actually really good. Yeah, that was. I haven't played that in forever. With the quick time events and yeah, remember that running down the hall. Yeah, Die Hard. That video the game video was game. based on a book by. Rod- yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. 
I bet that book was depressing as all hell. Good Lord, Todd. Good it made Lord. a good video game, it though. It did, didn't so. it? It did. Uh, well, listen, uh, one last thing I wanted to get to before we get into some television news. Um, Star Wars Episode Eight has been making some headlines this uh, this week. Can't uh, imagine why. Yeah. Uh, Maybe because it's Star Wars. Luke is dead. <laughs> well, it, interestingly enough, um, there Did you was... Did see the speeder? Did you see the pictures? That's, that, that's what I'm trying to get to, Alika, if you allow me. God, oh. spoilers! <laughs> now that, do we have to listen to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, um, uh, Alika is absolutely right. There have been pictures released... And for some reason, I don't know if they are legit. I know they're legit pictures, but the I don't monster know if- picture makes me want to say it's not legit. Like the alien guy, yeah, he looks a yeah. Not Star Wars. I I don't know if whether or not these were officially released or if somebody took pictures. I of see him. Uh, can you pull him up? I and that him. speeder, oh, really? the picture yeah. of the speeder looks like an old school speeder, but with the chromium plating of something from Episode One. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. Like the style of Episode One, but the body type of Episode Four. It's so it's kind of weird. That- is that Phasma's uh, speeder? Yeah, Phasma's speeder. <laughs> they just started shooting it, right? Just started? Well, no, no, no. They've, they've actually... They've been shooting for a while. They've been shooting for a bit already. A couple months, it, Yeah, for, a few, for at least a couple of months. Matter of fact, they were shooting it in Ireland, and I think they were doing uh, like pre-production shots or pre-production filming in Ireland uh, while episode the 7 was filming. The half of the shot with Ray and Luke. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Where he actually says something. So, um... He finally grabs the lightsaber. Maybe he kills her. Anybody want to pull up the pictures? I can't. Uh, 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 the link that I have doesn't have them on here. Did you bring the arm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we just talk about the pictures, which you guys thought of. Well, I, just because I, I haven't I seen. Didn't, I never saw them. Well, there was three. So the right. first one was the speeder. The second one was an alien wearing like he had a small head. He's kind of reminiscent of a uh, Goomba from Mario Brothers, but furry. Yes. Wow. Yes. He had huh. like a small head and a gold. That's the Mario Brothers neck. movie or the game? And with a sh- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the movie, the, 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 the superior of the two, the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was it was interesting to see because I I don't know I mean it's so little to go on anyway, but um, they don't even seem legit. To yeah, they they really they really don't, and I I I agree with you on that like a hundred percent. But this may be legit this because it's just it's something that that uh, we can hold on to. And it's a new director, which scares the crap out of me. Well, you know what though? Can I be honest? I really have more faith in Ryan Johnson than J.J. Abrams. Really. Uh, because of the size of his Johnson, close. Um, it's the it's because of Looper. Uh, the movie oh. Looper is a very good movie. I didn't like Ryan Johnson's first film. And you like Brick? A lot of people. I love Brick. Yeah, Brick is a very. That's a, that was a rough movie for me. That's a neo noir right there. That's a neo noir movie. Absolutely Has- right. Hashtag neo noir. Yeah. Copyright uh, Pasta King. <laughs> oh, here you go. Here you go. Thank you. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I'm really. Um, uh, I, I don't know what to make of these photos. I, really? I just, I, I'm not really... I don't know. Uh, Gannon, you're, you're a Star Wars guy. This looks fake, guys. You're a Star Wars guy. Uh, what did you think of the pics, and did you like I them? I never even saw the pictures. You never saw the pictures? I'm actually really? trying to stay off the, the grid, so to speak, with Star Wars. You're so, oh, you're, you're trying to uh, do a least amount of... Uh, Spoilers. Yeah. It doesn't look well, like Star Wars at all. Force Awakens. I wasn't really following it too closely yeah. what was going on there. And, um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I saw pictures of Ray and stuff like that when that when that stuff was being teased. But yeah. uh, I'm actually trying to stay out of it because I'm really hoping that this one makes the impact that I was hoping Episode Seven was going to make. That's what I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Force Awakens didn't really. Well, do it you much. know, and we did go over it about Rogue One, the sneak preview. Oh, we did, we did. Had Slave Slave One. Yeah, Slave Maybe, One the whole possibly. night. 
So for I, so format, did you get to see these pics, or are you not interested? Um, I did see them, but uh, I wasn't I wasn't looking for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's interesting I, that I I have a really bad habit of ruining movies for myself. So. <laughs> And for other people. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> That's it next to you. Yeah, right. Sorry. Wow. It's cool. Wow. Well, it, interesting. What movie did you ruin for him? Oh, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Because I... I, I it's I, like, oh, this no. is totally... This is going to be Han Solo's kid. This is totally going to be... This is totally going to be Han Solo's kid. Oh, so. well, well, my whole reasoning behind it was how they got the spelling for Kylo. Because you right. take the K-Y from Skywalker, you know, Leia... Her original name, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then the L O from Solo, yeah, Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, eh, and then it happened on screen, and we're like, oh. Uh, oh, so you were just pontificating during the movie. You didn't, you didn't yeah, like, purposely but, spoil. But it. there was no surprise. It was like your dad is getting in the way, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh. Well, so, but the bigger surprise is what his actual name was. I don't think anybody would have expected this yeah. to be Ben. I knew it. I didn't expect it. You didn't think it was going to be Ben? No, I have knowing the history of the kids from the expanded universe, I knew it would be from a select. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't. I mean, for me, I wouldn't go in expecting them to to build off of the extended stuff. But I was just thinking about it in terms of their naming him after Ben Kenobi. Period. Yeah, and that's what it would. Right. That's like, I just went just looking at it from that point. Of view, I don't want to really expect that. All right, so uh, just to wrap it up, Star Wars Episode Eight. There are pictures out currently. If you have not seen them, you can check them out. Uh, Professor Barry. They all look uh, fake. Professor Barry questions their validity. I don't buy it. He it doesn't, doesn't, look, doesn't it. look anything yeah. like Star Wars yeah. unless they're going in a completely different direction. Which is they're going to retrofit it for uh, eleven Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that they're not retrofitting it from a novel? From no, yeah, it's oh, okay. by Roderick Thorpe. It's called uh, Bat Guy versus Super Dude, oh, wow. and <laughs> it was written by uh, a guy nobody's heard of that was published in Image Comics. Leave it to Todd. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Bat Guy versus Super Dude. That is Which awesome. is the one movie we didn't even talk about. That's today. right. Yeah. We yeah. haven't talked about that yet. We're going to be watching it in a week or so. Well, here's the thing. Is that Batman v Superman did get an international Bat trailer. Bat Guy Super Dude. Ooh, yeah. a, a Korean well, trailer. Yeah. Um, uh, did you guys happen to have a chance to see it? No, I, some, I don't understand Korean. When did this Korean. come out? Uh, so Batman yesterday I showed it on my Superman. page. Yeah, well, this right. is, I haven't seen I it. This is a TV spot. No, they had it in super like Batman get headbutt Superman. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. a TV spot though. It's not no, this, yeah, it's more of the fights. No, right, but it, but it was a, from what I understand, what I was reading was it was a Korean trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't, I I didn't watch it because I don't understand. Really? I think it's more of a TV spot than a. Oh, is it? Trailer. Well, I never, I never watched it because I don't watch. There is some significant footage that's never been shown. I don't watch it because I just read books. Yeah. Well, you should. <laughs> that, well, that way you know all these movies are based on. I know off a lot of, of guys that read books, uh, and I can just, like, you don't strike me <laughs> as a book like, reader. <laughs> your vocabulary just doesn't. It's like when you're doing, like, a mystery, you're like, but his. The way he talks <laughs> is like a guy who's on the TV 24 7. I got I to I speak so that you can all understand like, me. I feel I mean, like you're I, referencing I'm... these book titles that you saw on TV. <laughs> so it makes us think you read these things. <laughs> hey man, I can I can be really erudite if you want me to, but I'm not going to do that in, on the podcast Good for and you. belittle the, my fellow television watchers. Good for you. Thank you. Thanks for not being such a jerk about it. That's great. I appreciate that. That's great that you were able to get through that uh, <laughs> yeah. sentence. Yeah, I, can, I mean, uh, you, want me then, to, uh, you want me to put a yeah. double negative in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, like, I was waiting for something. Uh, <laughs> it never came, so. 
<laughs> I'm surprised you didn't throw up in your mouth. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I can, but um, if you want me to. No, no. This is, no, you're fine. Um, gents, uh, as we all know, Batman v Superman is uh, is uh, about uh, Batman versus Super. Uh, Bat guy versus Super dude, right. which is the name of the podcast now, is uh, is going to be out in just about a week now. Just about Sweet. a week. Are we selling tickets? For Can't it? even believe it. We are not selling tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay me. You can pay. You can pay him for it. Might not get in. Uh, we are doing. By the way, uh, just a little <laughs> side note. We are doing the premiere at seven o'clock for Batman v Superman at the at so Mario Netflix. Oh, I got a good grand prize for this one. Fantastic. This opens the same day as this Batman v Superman. This fantastic. is my big fat Greek wedding too. My big fat Greek there's wedding. There's a sequel. Too. Whoa! There's yeah. another one of those coming out. That oh man! Terrible. I'm so uh, not going. All right. So here's what's uh, happening, guys. Uh, I'll just see. We are going to be doing you know, the, the original. The original thing was written in a book, <laughs> in a novel, by some dude named Thorpe. Well, here's who, the thing. Uh, also wrote things about superheroes that don't exist <laughs> in in a land far away where people. I don't mean to change things up. By bears I don't mean to and, change uh, things up last minute. Wow! But uh, here's what's happening. We're going to be doing the premiere of my big fat Greek wedding too, as opposed to. <laughs> That sounds terrible. As long as there's a bunch of bear rape, I'm in there. As long as there's trivia and prizes. Oh, good, good, good. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, cheese for everybody. I'm sure Barry could go. We can give them gyros. Barry could go on a long diatribe. No, it's going to be a lot. Joe would love to hear about the history of my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, or from the Olympians. Yeah. So, for any of you listening. Batman v Superman, the Nerd Watch will be there. Batman We're gonna be there for the seven o'clock dude. show. We got stuff to give away. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be giving away Greek weddings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, do yourself a favor. That sounds a little dirty. Don't watch any more Both trailers for this movie. We don't want to see them. We we want to be surprised. So excited for Batman v Superman. Um, if you want to see us, don't go to the six thirty three D show. That's correct. Go to the seven o'clock two D show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll show off my ultimate card if anybody wants to see it. Oh, man. Look I'm, wearing, I'm wearing underwear on the outside of my pants. Nice, 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 nice. He means right oh, now. Look. Yeah. He is. I'm showing All right. You. Listen. <laughs> Gents, getting this back to center here really quick. I'm trying. I'm All right. Trying. Television. I'm going to move on to this TV oh, okay. really quick. A uh, couple of things. Two things of note. Two big things of note. Number one. Walking Dead. Um, no, actually, I want to save that for last. Um, the one of the biggest things That's this week. Spoilers. Uh, is going to sting with a superhero theme. Supergirl was a very interesting. Uh, was an interesting episode. Have you caught up? Have you been watching? I have not caught up yet, but I do know that yeah, Red Kryptonite reared its eggs. Reared its ugly head this week. Reared its <laughs> eggs, dude. Like it. It, it had a real pear on it. All right, you know that I mean. is the name Dead of the podcast. <laughs> Reared this eggs. Ugly eggs. Reared the eggs. Nice pair of eggs. Nice pair of eggs. Oh my god. Reared the eggs. Nice. Is it red? I'm going to face with that right now completely out of context. That's too good. Nice. And then they made reference to Bizarro in that episode. Right. And Bizarro, as you remember, the Bizarro episode sucked. Yes. This episode was... They should have just did Red Kryptonite the whole time. They should have. The whole Bizarro thing was like... Yeah, terrible. L- lame-o. Uh, but yeah, Red Kryptonite reared its ugly head. To be, Bizarro back? I don't like... I don't, um, I don't know if you know, but Bizarro is just... based on a book. <laughs> Shut up, Todd. <laughs> uh, Shut up, Todd. The... <laughs> Melissa Benoist, as with an attitude, yeah. like her, her bad self version, is about as believable as, right. um, you know... 
Tobey Maguire doing right. the bad Spider-Man. And she has no cape. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Was it emo? Was it emo Supergirl? No, she. Had- I want to. I want to de- derail this right now. How come comic book fans don't get upset about the fact Supergirl's not blonde? She is blonde. She is not blonde, sir. That is strawberry blonde. It's borderline brown. Now you're just being wow. Her hair is just slightly lighter than yours, bro. I You know, her legit, hair was in a novel once. <laughs> Roderick Thor. You know, I think instead of talking, you guys can just bring books and beat people over the heads with them. Because it'll feel the same. Just so you guys know, I'm not coming to the next podcast. <laughs> people are going to be beating each other off with books. <laughs> I can do that at home. I'm sorry. So, I have special books for that. So, can I? Can I? I read them on the internet. Can I jump on Gannon's point really quick? Gannon is right. You might she want to not, ask Gannon. She does not have blonde hair, but as a man whose father has strawberry blonde hair, I have no problem with that at all. I think she looks just fine. So, she's yeah, just as dirty blonde. It's called dirty blonde. Dirty blonde. You she's, can have brown hair and still pop my Supremely dirty. adorable. I think she looks great. She's Super a cutie dirty. patootie. So I, I don't think there's a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, the look in the costume is nothing the problem with it. I think a lot of the writing is kind of I'm really south. surprised yes, you don't have a problem with it. But the one thing that I did like as far as the continuity they're following is that Martian Manhunter finally revealed himself to every other human. So they're yes. going to deal with him. Just being purely Martian Manhunter and not the Hank guy, hopefully, anymore. Hank right. yeah, We're sick of the Hank guy at this point. I'm surprised he didn't change his name. Right. Um, yeah. to, to what? To the guy that he didn't kill. <laughs> no, I mean, because, you know, Manhunter, that sounds really anti-human. It sounds like the name of a bar in San Francisco. <laughs> Manhunter Bar. Wow. Man Ray is actually a gay bar. Yes. There you go. Don't Wait, ask me how. You know that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you've been there, right? It's in I Boston? Have. Why do you think you're Robin's Robin's Town. Provincetown. <laughs> do you go there looking for dudes? Where, where, where <laughs> What's the address? Do we want to promote it? <laughs> I just love Provincetown. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because it's the town that created John Waters. Because of the, stra- because of the Strangler. I just immortalized it. Oh, you just did, Randy. I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> wow. All right, listen, gents. Supergirl, not on the right track, I Super think. No, no. Nah, it's, it's okay. It's all muddled. I, but the thing is, it's more watchable than a lot of superhero crap yep. on TV. Like, I I'm agree. Not, it's still haven't given Arrow a chance, but I'm on Legends of Tomorrow. I'm on Supergirl. They've all been renewed, They're though, possible. right? Would you like to know something? I would like to be on Supergirl as well. Um, but <laughs> I, take, I digress. Would you settle for um, Allie McBeal? <laughs> That's Mrs. Gotcha. Harrison Ford. That's Mrs. Harrison Ford. I was just about to say. Yeah. First she's... of all, you don't get on a girl that's got a that's calcium deficiency. Miss, Mrs. <laughs> that's Mrs. Han Solo. Yes, Mrs. Solo. Right. Mrs. Solo. Mrs. Indiana Jones. Oh, I think once again this suffers from the fact that uh, I think butt. I think Greg Berlanti has his plate like too full with this stuff. I think that's the problem. But it all works. It's all great. It's a watchable show. <sighs> Every single one of them is successful. Yes. I would agree. Okay, all right, I got you. All right, maybe you're right, maybe you're right. Is it successful? It is watchable, though. But it's definitely watchable. Good point. Super chick. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it on But like I was just saying, all the shows across the board have been renewed, all of them. Yeah. Anything CW does, they've all been straight across the board renewed, so they must be working on some level. I'm confused as to how Arrow is staying alive. 
I, I did I that before? It's strange how that was the flagship show that everything came from. Yeah, but now true. that's the one that seems to be suffering. It's limping along. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that's suffering now. It almost, like they're trying to get because um, they cameo them onto everybody else's shows. Well, because they keep putting all their eggs in all these other baskets, and it it's, kind of feels like Arrow's now well, the The thing is, they didn't. They can't Arrow get. It was a very limited universe. No, they kept on borrowing from Batman's Rogues Gallery and other things, which I don't necessarily movie. mind. It, but they they need they need to get <laughs> Green Lantern on that show. <laughs> for for okay, no, I'm telling no you, no pun like, intended. It, it might be because the Arrow versus all those other shows is less flashy. Yeah, no, it is. It, less there's flashy. no superpower. <laughs> well, that was a double entendre on. there. <laughs> but uh, there's no but, there's no superpowers, no special. This is what I'm, this is what was weird about it for me is they're always dressed up in their costumes. So how kind of creepy is it for all these dudes without costumes to be acting out this melodrama? You know, oh my god, did you hear about this? And they've got the mask on. But like, that's what I've been saying about superhero movies in general since they started making them. Yeah, they, those, at a certain point, but those heroes have, have powers. The, the None of these guys have powers. No, but what I've always been saying but is that skills. it's really tough yeah, to get a bunch of 30-year-olds in a room wearing costumes and it size. doesn't come across as silly. It's essentially a bunch of guys that dress up. And girls. Well, yeah, guys and girls, and, and you know, we're gonna cruise the town, maybe stop by Safeway, um, and fight villains. Seriously, it's like you know, a, at yeah. Safeway and it's fight like, villains. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like a more so weird. serious tone, kick-ass, basically. Uh, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I happen to like it. I've been following Arrow. I think it's pretty cool. Good. You know, you yeah, but only like two. White canary. You're only like two seasons in, so that doesn't count. <laughs> I'm caught up. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. And I'm caught up with the dead. Uh, uh, you, unbelievable! So, does anybody follow Negan, Negan, Negan? Does anybody follow Nobody Legends of Tomorrow? You know I think, what? Only you. Uh, I think you're the only one, actually. Video. A lot of people have complaints about it because it is it is a jumbled mess. It's like mm-hmm. a super show of just all the stars. It's multiverse, right? It's multiverse. Okay, cool. The cool thing about it, though, is it's such a mess as far as everybody's mm-hmm. continuity goes mm-hmm. that it's more like. It's more like those B-level sci-fi shows that we used to get that were like... Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a little bit of Firefly or a little bit of like next-gen Star War, Star Trek. Firefly? That's a big shoes to fill, man. It, it, if you let the players in each episode be who they are and just let the episode flow, mm-hmm. it's very entertaining. Like It's like space melodrama, you know? It's, right. it's, it's fun. Good point. Good point. So, you, uh, so we're, on, we're, on, we're, we're saying that we're sticking with... DC to Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, I've been watching. Right. Even though there's a lot of complaints about it, I kind of <clears> like it. Okay, so we're sticking with them then. All right, all right, I can live with that. All right, so um, uh, let's let's get to one of the more pressing questions: uh, Walking Dead this week. We got three episodes left before the end. Um, Bruce is caught up, so you should have. Him thank God, I'm one. It's uh, uh, it's basically the most recent. Your, uh, I'm caught up to the most recent one. Okay. It's yeah, based so on a little-known book by... Wait, wait. wait, Todd, go ahead. What was that again? Sorry? It's based on a book by Robert Kirkman. <laughs> Who the hell is that? <laughs> he also helps write the television show. Did you? By the way, did you hear he something as a, as a side note, and maybe Barry's heard this too, um, did you hear that Robert Kirkman only was uh, helping write the new Transformers movie for one day? Yeah, he just that? left the writer's room. He left the writer's room. He was and like, what do you mean they have metal vaginas for mouths? <laughs> <laughs> no, what ended up happening was is that he ended up having to have some kind of surgery. That's why he left the Transformers writing, oh. uh, writing room. He wasn't right. just fed up with mm-hmm. that? Quote, unquote, surgery. Surgery, <laughs> right. So, uh, he had to get he his had, head examined for even going into the room. <laughs> he had to have that part of his brain removed for making that decision. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. But anyway, a walking dead 
three episodes left. Uh, where are we headed? Would you guys like this? What's the deal? Obviously, we're headed towards Negan. Obviously. Um, I hope he doesn't show up. He's going to show up. He's going to have to. I hope they save him for next season. Good. Next season? I, I have a feeling they will. he'll be there on the last He is going to bash in one of our called. favorite characters' faces by the end of this season. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Is that I your prediction? I hope they don't, though. I hope they save it. I hope like the last thing you see is Lucille hanging on the wall. And Although, then, boom, this, black. this last episode made me like Carol slightly more. I mean, she, you know, I wasn't on a Carol fan to begin with. Like, I feel like... How dare you? I wasn't following along with the whole her getting tough thing over the course of the last few seasons. How dare you? It's just, I don't know. But this this episode, I was like, thank goodness Carol's tough. So I'm Okay. Glad. So the episode where she basically almost single-handedly got rid of all of the wolves that infiltrated Alexandria, that didn't do it for you? That she, was like her episode to Because she had her... Because they were doing things with her moral compass where she was going darker and her and Morgan were having that back and forth and I didn't like where she was going. But that was much after that. No, it was during that. Her no, and Morgan were still afterwards. having that debate. No, because she but killed, didn't have one of the she killed that part. wolf and that was still her going too dark. That She killed that wolf that was helping them. Most of their debate girl. was when he took that other one captive. That was much after that. Or I was like almost immediately after that but she didn't know about it until 43 people was down the road because she caught him after the fact. Yeah, but it's still she was she's still. I'll, I'll give dark. you that much. Yeah, sure, but um, I don't know. To I me, feel like that was her moment to shine. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. with her clutching the rosary and actually meaning it, even though she was using it to you know act and whatever, she wasn't meaning it. But no, at the end where she clenched the rose the rosary and made her hand bleed because she was just disturbed with the fact that she's finally catching on to the fact that murdering is not a good thing. She did a body count of how many humans she killed at, in this episode. And she's starting to go over and take wow. inventory and being and regretting it. Yeah. And what Morgan is saying to her, while it didn't sink in six episodes ago or four episodes ago, it is now slowly over time starting to wear on her. And she's looking at Morgan now and start, and whereas she was adamantly not on his side and you have to kill. Hmm. She's now going, I regret the kills. There must be a way where I don't have to kill. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if, that, if that's, that's what, what I, she's going. I don't know if that's what I took it as. I think it just took it more as like, you know, she has to make the hard decision, but it doesn't mean it doesn't weigh on her. I think she like, still make the same. Well, decision. it wasn't weighing on her for a little while. She was telling little kids, "You're going to get eaten by zombies," and not even flinching. She didn't even give. A she was that using point. fear to get. What but she that needed. was how she really felt. She was like, "I don't care if I age." This argument is just like <laughs> Zootopia. The argument we had the other week. I tell you, should uh, I be wearing a fox mask? <laughs> I feel like the zombies is more of a social political commentary on the structure. <laughs> Yes. Someone so, please put a pistol to my head. <laughs> Freaking pull the trigger. So, right, think about it. Zombies paint the wall like with your the brains. African Americans. Yeah. <laughs> what the? What? Yeah. No, really, I, they're I, all I like, the depressed minorities, okay, like the women and. The <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm sorry I brought up this utopia. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, three episodes left. Um, uh, from what I heard, because I missed this last episode, I heard it was a very intense episode and it was very well done. Um, are we? Are, uh, does this look like we're headed to a, a, a an ending, or at least a season ender that's a resolved season ender? They're building towards Negan, no matter what anybody says, mm-hmm. and maybe they will do the foolish thing and not show us him. It's possible. But they they spent the past five episodes talking about it's it. It's been confirmed he's in the last episode. Oh, it has. Oh, been. It has. Oh, There's okay. not even a mystery about it. They, oh, okay. They I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Interesting. So that's I mean, but I want to see him. They they're building this 
entrance up, like, he's going to do something violent, true to character. He's going to have to. He's definitely going to have to. I, I just think, after all this anticipation and build-up, like, he needs to register better than the governor did, because they really dropped the ball with the governor on the show. Mm-hmm. The governor is not... Uh, He's not memorable. Yeah, not memorable. On the show as he is in the book. Not memorable. They they, they went a different tone on the show, but he still didn't make any kind of impact that Governor did in in the book. Right, 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 right. Negan, I think they're going to probably try to make it much, much closer to the book, and if they fail, then the entire next season, shut the hell. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because he has to be... He's basically the pillar of the entire next season. For sure. To do it right. Right. Hopefully they do. Well, let, let, let us all hope. Well, we'll talk about more about that next week. Um, I just hope Daryl does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they're going to replace uh, Daryl with Negan. <clears throat> oh, is that what's happening? <laughs> and, and everybody hates Negan from the comic book, but everybody will love Negan and the television He's actually show. a jolly, non-violent. Yeah. <laughs> will turn to more of a sitcom. Well, yeah. uh, everyone, j- loves everyone loves Uncle everyone Negan. Everyone loves Negan. <laughs> Uh, uh, just to let you guys know, um, coming out, uh, so let's uh, get off of television now. Um, uh, talk about a little bit of what's coming out on Blu-ray, DVD this week. Uh, let you guys uh, let you guys decide what to watch. Um, Game of Thrones season <clears throat> five hits Blu-ray today. Um, have I have not caught up with season five? I haven't seen season five yet, so I'm I'm way behind. Um, I heard it's very good. Uh, people are still liking the film. I mean, still liking the series. So I'm 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 in. Uh, one of the best pictures of the year uh, last year and was nominated as such. The Big Short is on Blu-ray today Love that as well. Movie. Um, Love it. Uh, Blu-ray. Uh, if you've never seen The Big Short, it stars Steve Carell. It stars Ryan Gosling. It stars Brad Pitt. Very good movie. Um, I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Um, I, I, you know, because Adam McKay can be a preachy liberal, which I don't like. Um, but he did a very good job with this, mo- this movie. It's actually based on the book of Michael Lewis uh, of the same name. Um, and it's a very good flick. If you haven't seen it, it's funny, it's thought-provoking, and uh, it's just a really good movie, um, very well done. Um, and Steve Carell, in my opinion, doesn't get enough credit in that movie. A lot of people talk about Ryan Gosling and even uh, Christian Bale. Is it for an Oscar for it? Yeah, he was up for an Oscar. I think Steve Carell should have been. He was mm-hmm. phenomenal in that movie. Uh, also, if you've got kids, mm-hmm. Alvin and the Chipmunk, the road chip, Yikes! On Blu-ray, the road chips on Blu-ray. Do yourself a favor and go buy the (laughs) also on Blu-ray. Or Jim and the Holograms. Yeah, there you go. Also on Blu-ray today is a film starring Tina Fey and uh, her her uh, hetero hetero life mate. Um, um, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. John Cena's in it though, and John Cena's in it. Cena's in it. That's on DVD already. That came out with uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah, that came out the same time as Force Awakens. Yeah, you're right. I can't believe it's already on Blu-ray. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Sisters comes out on Blu-ray today. Also coming out on Blu-ray is another movie that was nominated for Best Picture, Brooklyn, starring um, uh, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse, like a Saoirse Ronan. Uh, that's on Blu-ray today. Have you seen that? Yes. Brooklyn? Did you yeah. enjoy it? It's all right. Okay. It's like far and away without all the action, without the boxing uh, without the love story, without anything really interesting. All right, you you so said you liked it though. Will you get on the mic and talk? <laughs> What's that? You said you liked it though. It's pleasant. It's a pleasant okay. movie. You said, you said the background really brought you there. Like it's a very you really, you really felt like you were there in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautifully made. It's beautifully made, vividly made, and it's it's shot in this hue that just makes the colors really pop. But. I haven't thought about it once. Todd, Todd, let me tell you the next movie that he's going to be excited about. 
Okay. Need Spectre? No, it's uh, it's that lesbian movie. Carol is out on Blu-ray. Yeah. See? Love that lesbian movie. (laughs) Let me tell you. The one and only uh, Kate Blanchett. Roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) (laughs) Can we say that on there? We can't talk about Mexicans that way. Jesus. You know, if nerds end up going to see that movie because they hear it has hot lesbian action and discover one of the best films of the year, so be it. Wow. See it because of the nudity. See it for the sex scenes and be surprised that it's actually a terrific film. Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara in Carol. Uh, this uh, This wasn't nominated, was it? No, it, it was not nominated. Um, uh, not for best so, picture. Not for best picture. Right, exactly. Rooney Mara was actually nominated she for was. her for, for portrayal yep. in the film. Um, ladies and gentlemen, also somebody who I think should should have been Oscar worthy, Chuck Norris, Invasion USA is hitting Blu-ray today as wow. well. Wow. Nice. Oh yeah. I like that. One. And oh, yeah. you know, speaking of Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. um, I watched the documentary on Netflix, The Real Miyagi. Did anybody get to check yes. that one out? Yeah, that's terrific. Chris Wong hit me up on that one. I heard it's really good. It's awesome. Okay, got to check that out. It's really good. The real Miyagi, the one about yeah, yeah, the, the guy one. that they be, that um, Pat Morita based his yeah. character on. Yeah, it looks really good. I wanted to see it. I saw the trailer for the first time, and then I ended up seeing it on Netflix. I was like, "Ooh, this is exciting! I can't wait to watch it." Yeah, it'll be awesome. Uh, also on Blu-ray today is a. Uh, Boy, it's a classic film. Uh, I really enjoy it. If you've never seen it before, you should take a look at it. From 1968, it's called The Manchurian Candidate. Oh, wow. That's on Blu-ray. Frankenheimer's Masterpiece. And Frank Sinatra's Best Film, Best Performance. Love that movie. It's on Blu-ray today in Criterion Collection, and if you've never seen it, you should. Great. It's an amazing movie. Love that film. Yep. Yep. I was going to mention something before Todd decided to get up and leave. Uh, his favorite director, Gaspar Noé, uh, uh, Noé, has a film out on Blu-ray today called Love. Oh, I've heard that's pretty pretty nasty. That's what I heard as well. Um, that's on Blu-ray today as well. Of course Todd likes that. And, by the way, it's in 3D. You serious? Serious. It was shot in 3D. No joke. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, wow. it's basically Gaspar Noé. Noé. He does a lot of... Yeah, I, I might as well just say it's. it's not he's an envelope does, pusher. Yeah, it's, it's very. Most of his stuff is very pornographic. Um, uh, also, and that's on, on Netflix. No, 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 no. It's on no, Blu-ray. Blu-ray today. Um, no, but I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix too. Really? I think so. Maybe, yeah, then maybe wow. that's the case. Um, also, an amazing documentary has hit Blu-ray today. And the only reason I bring up the documentary is because it's based on a nerd uh, and. And it's based on a nerd who actually has an influence on all our lives um, by the Gary device, by the, def, by the by the devices that we hold in our hands, with the exception of Professor Barry, um, Steve Jobs. <laughs> the ghost. Steve Jobs didn't, didn't make my the man and the my, machine. My That's a good film. The, the, How many Steve Jobs movies do we need? No, no. Here's the thing, though. Alex Gibney is a great director. He's the guy who did the Scientology documentary. Going clear. Yeah. This Steve Jobs documentary is phenomenal. I watched it, and it doesn't strange. completely kiss his ass. It's actually like really balanced. I wasn't as impressed with Going Clear. Yeah. I really? That one. Oh, I thought that was great. I thought it was an amazing. I thought it was doc. just like your regular run of the mill doc, and it kind of didn't go deep enough. I think their research really? is kind of lacking. How? Dare you? I wasn't impressed. Like you, you think it's going to be like some smoking gun? Like all oh, the church is over the way they were advertising. Oh no, no, no! Like, it's not going to be over. It's a church. They're already. If they had done deep enough research for the kind of laws they broke, supposedly, you know, it, was, it seemed like a lot of conjecture. I it's, think that this was more of a. It was an expose of the church itself and its teachings, not necessarily a an expose on their 
their inner workings. Well, they went in two different directions, and they should have focused on one. It was either the past, the founding, and everything, and be really focused on that. That was awesome. Or the present-day state of the church and where it is and all the illegal things they're doing. But they didn't focus enough on either. And they focused oh, on this Tom Cruise. Steve Jobs movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was talking same about director, Clear, Same director, like, same director, same oh. director. Same director. But anyway, last but not least, coming out on Blu-ray today, boys and girls, uh, an amazing movie. Uh, if you've never seen it before, shame on you. It stars the one and only Olivia Newton-John, Gene Kelly, oh, no. and John Beck. Oh, no. Xanadu is on Blu-ray <laughs> today amazing <laughs> bless you that's that's an optimistic way to describe it amazing <laughs> matter it's, of fact would you like to know something interesting do you know no. that xanadu um, <laughs> thanks guys I appreciate the support uh would you like to know xanadu uh no that they say that xanadu <laughs> is responsible for the creation of the razzie award yeah that's okay. true yeah it's yeah. true and the other thing about it i'd like to point out is that there's an animated sequence in the movie done by don bluth Yes. Best scene in the movie, and that is what, apparently, that footage impressed people enough to uh, to get backers for The Secret of Nim. So thank you, Xanadu, well, for giving Don, Don Bluth. Bluth. Speaking of Don Bluth, he's about to, uh, he's just, I think, finished his Kickstarter. I think it was successful to do a new Dragon's Lair movie, animated feature. Really? Yes. And I think, wow. he, I think he passed the milestone to actually do a, dra- uh, not Dragon's Lair, but uh, Space Ace short. Oh my god! Space Age would be great. That's to go a along one. with it. Wow! And Space... I love Don Bluth animation. He's Space like Age, Space one of the Age last was cool. Real animators left. Yeah. Space Age. I played Dragon's Lair. I played Dragon's Lair in the arcade. I sucked Who at it. it. Dragon's um, Lair was great. It was. But like... I also played. But I, Space Age. I did not play in the, Ace. In the arcade. Ace. Space Ace. Ace. Right. Space, Space Ace. Ace. I never played that in the in the Man. arcade. I played that on Laserdisc. When you wow. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was actually on yeah, it, it, Laserdisc. Three, it was on 3DO. It you was on all those obscure systems. I don't know. I don't remember if anybody played it on Laserdisc. I only I never knew that. That's the way how I played it. The way it. those Don Bluth properties played in what do you call those when you press the X button to do this? You're not really quick playing. Time. It's all quick like a time. quick time event. Yeah. yeah, but that was like the original quick time game. All yeah. of Dragon's Lair's games were quick time. And I, in the arcade, it was very boring. Even though the animation was amazing, mm-hmm. you're just standing there. It's like now you press, and then you watch the next animation press. Right. And they say, and what, for the flashing yeah. right? Sequence. And what was it? They say that if you did finish it, it was like ten minutes long or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like super quick. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. finished um, Dragon's Lair, and that thing took forever. But it, it was fun for everyone that was watching me play. I guess because <laughs> I never got to see the whole thing. Because all you're doing is going left, left. Yeah, exactly. Up, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You just memorize yeah. the flash sequence and, and you're done. And you're good to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, everyone good. else gets to see the entire thing play out. <laughs> <laughs> without spending a quarter. Yeah, yeah. without spending a quarter. Uh, well, listen, gents. Um, I think it's time for us to get out of here. We've been uh, here quite a long time. Uh, I want to say uh, thank you guys so much. We finally got to talk about something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Space Ace. <laughs> now we got to go. Now we're going to go. Well, Matt, do you like uh, Don Bluth's movies? Did you like An American Tale and All Dogs yeah. Go to Heaven? Oliver yeah. and Company. Yeah, Oliver they were good. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, that's not Don no, Bluth. That was um, Disney. But um, I, I really but that wasn't even gravitate Disney either. more towards the arcade okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this but before I forget as well. We do, uh, we do have a tendency to kind of uh, not focus on games. We got a new game this week, uh, UFC 2, if anybody's interested in fighting Wait, games. the new trailer for Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, is, came out. I was just, I didn't want to talk about that because I never saw it. I wanted it to wait. It looks so good. And it, the game already looked good from the screenshots I was mm-hmm. seeing. Yeah. But I can't, because the characters, they're all basically cartoon 
um, and the current IDW run. Sure. It's an amalgam of all of them. They got uh, Armagon the, from the Future Shark trilogy from the Archie comics run of the original cartoon. Where can I where can I view this? I, I've never I haven't seen it. It's online. You Is can it? check it out. Yeah, okay. the trailer's online. Okay, and it's a brand it's a brand new trailer. Yeah, it's the brand new. It just okay. came out yesterday. I okay, I did not see that. And why would I did not post it? It's weird. Anyway, so that that's uh, anything new revealed? Anything exciting revealed? Karai's going to be in that. I don't know if we knew that before, but Karai's going to be in it as a villain, yeah, uh, the Shredder's daughter. And I didn't know Armagon was in it, the future shark. He's that's a pretty cool character. Mm-hmm. We knew Bebop and Rocksteady, of course. And I think we got a, a new look at Shredder. Yeah, um, yeah. I did see a photo of Shredder, the new Shredder <laughs> for the movie. For the movie, yeah, for the right, movie. For the not, not for the game. Right for the movie, I did. It's see better. That. It's a lot better than the mm-hmm. first movie. Yeah, it looks a lot more streamlined. Gannon, did you watch the new trailer yet? Uh, for, uh, Bruce, no. Last one I saw was the Super Bowl trailer. Oh, okay, yeah. I, that's all I saw too. Um, uh, is it okay that we talk about um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It's not too elitist for you, is it? There, Todd. It's based on an independent comic. Yeah, it was independent, then it gets major. Now mainstream. it's now it's mainstream. Is that is that okay, Todd? Or, or well, see, when I talk with Todd about Ninja Turtles, he's real torn because. It did. It was an independent. Yes, comic, it was. It but was. within three years, it was the most popular thing in America. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Should I like it? Should I hate it?" <laughs> I love to hate. How it. am I supposed to feel about the Kui project when that happens? Uh-huh. The Kui project. Right, right, right. You're allowed to hate it if it gets popular. You are. You absolutely are. <laughs> All right. If it ever gets popular. Uh, are you allowed? Uh, will you allow your comic to become popular? I'm doing everything that I can not to. <laughs> it shows. It really no. You're doing a great job of doing, doing a great that. Job. Keeping well, it will obscure. You sell out? Will you willingly sell out for action figures and Channing Tatum will, starring the lead? Never and... Not hate that book. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whenever it comes up in conversation, I'll always say, you know, that book was written by. Some independent artist. Named yeah. Todd Thorpe. <laughs> Todd Thorpe, yeah. <laughs> Who, it, you know, the, the book was actually based on... Uh, Die Hard. Die Hard. And, uh... It's like, what would Bruce Willis look like if he had a dildo strapped to his chest? <laughs> yeah. A bright yellow one. You can say that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dildo's not a swear on the internet. No, it's not a swear. We can deal with that. I'm sure there's a guy named Dildo listening to this podcast. <clears throat> and now you think you're talking about strapping him through Bruce Willis' chest. <laughs> the invincible. Hey, Mr. Dildo would love that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I if can... you're listening, Mr. Dildo. Mr. Dildo. We apologize for pulling wow. you into this. I will pay you for one of your state identification cards. <laughs> Well, and then and then we'll glue it to okay, Bruce Willis's chest. Well, wait a minute. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What is your take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer? Did you watch it? Oh, the man. video game. The yeah. It no. It's uh, I don't think that it's representative of the yeah, original no, comics. <laughs> okay. Your opinion on this is crap, by the way. <laughs> but go on. Why? <laughs> Because I feel like, how do you, you don't think anything is representative of the Ninja Turtles comics? You're just trolling me right now? <laughs> no, I, I mean, they're I, green. Yeah, they're no, green. I, I they think, weren't even green in the original comics. Hey, yeah. I just knew they were green. I will give you that the 1990s movie was was pretty legit. And then pretty after, legit? And then, it was super close to the first book. It was as just Raphael did not <laughs> A stripper Wait, in the uh, movie. Well, 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 time, time, time staff, 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 and Will you watch your language for the whole repeat? Sorry. 126 but and 212. This is indie talk. <laughs> but this is indie talk. I mean, in, in issue like 12 or 13, Raphael hires a 
hooker and has sex with You're her. talking about the Mirage Run. The Mirage Run... We, we, that's three the years, independent comic book, man. Three years into its creation, the cartoon already existed. And that had as heavy an influence on continuity as... The Mirage comic only... A total of less than twenty Dude, comics I of that we were run. Talking about independent comics, I didn't know we were talking about cartoons and independent. No, we were talking about the video game actually, which is, you know, way removed from the independent comic. I'm just saying, why don't you like that property anymore, Todd? <laughs> because Raphael doesn't get to have sex anymore. That's why. Look, in 1985, there was a role playing game book written where Michelangelo was a sexual deviant. That was actually going to be part of his character. Yeah, and now, I love that. Ella, Eastman and Laird decided they. character that was a porcupine. Yeah, Eastman and Laird decided that they cared just slightly more about getting their product to the general public than having their characters be sexual deviants. I, I, think, I think that you should probably take that line too. I don't think that no, they meant for right. anybody to get hung up on the sexual deviancy. I, I, I don't think they were so worried about the general public. They were worried about the money the general public was going to be giving them. (laughs) Look, and that's the thing is, I'm not as cynical when it comes to that. I think they meant it half for the money and half because they thought it was a good product. It was their comic lovers who were giving comic lovers something to love. No, I really think that those guys, I mean, if if you could be in 1984 and release your own independent comic book, have the balls to pay a printer to print 2000 copies of your of your comic that you think is great but is by all critical I mean like if you guys were looking at it the way that we looked at it like the force awakens it would be pretty it'd be almost prehistoric like it it was it was a good comic and I I celebrate what they accomplished with it but artistically <laughs> and and you know they it was pretty primitive and i and it was i'm not meant i'm to not saying, primitive they but, they weren't trying to display their chops but inadvertently i think we saw eastman's writing chops and peter laird's artistic chops without but, without them trying to show them off no. i mean they were mimicking like four different styles in one and they pulled it off seamlessly like the joke still lands it nobody's I, not going i don't get it they know what they're no, imitating. No, I think that, I think that that's twenty twenty. That's hindsight. No, it's not hindsight. It they got the reason it took off is because everybody was getting the joke. Mm. It sold out of the first three thousand copies immediately. Two thousand. They copies were they were selling out of no three thousand. The first printing of number one was three thousand copies. Well, and they sold out immediately, and they kept selling out. So they that's had what to, I, by the that, time issue four I, was out, they were on the fourth printing of number one. That's what I'm saying is like is if somebody could sell 3000 copies of their independent comic today they would they would be okay with making $17,000 a, a year. They wouldn't they would be like they would I mean what is this what are you trying to put on people and make them feel bad about success? It's like look, I'm as big a guy about the suffering no, artist. I, mean, I believe in that, but I don't think that you I should penalize that they, a, a this is one of those ones that deserved to succeed and did. What's the problem with that? That, what what is point. your problem with that? Good because, point, Alika. Good because, point. because they obviously um, had creative differences. Right. They're two different people. They're not sharing a brain or a body. Of course they have differences in opinion. What's the and, problem? And I think that one I'm guy for a here. I think that one guy sold it to a cartoon company and the other guy didn't want to do that. Ooh. Yeah. 
he, and, and Peter Laird is more the heart of the team. Okay, he his heart was more invested than Kevin Eastman's. He was Kevin Eastman wanted to make some money, but I'm also going to say that Kevin Eastman brought a lot more talent than Peter Laird did. Whoa. When you read when you read storylines written by Kevin Eastman, and if you read the story that's currently, <clears throat> Peter Laird still owns enough to print a black and white comic every year for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. There's a reason that nobody really follows it. There's a reason he has to charge $10 an issue. It's because so few people will buy it. It's not widely printed. It's called Tales of the TMNT, and it's still in print today. Nobody reads that. Now you got IDW, which is co-written by Kevin Eastman, which is selling like gangbusters, and every issue is going up in value. Come on, when you say that nobody... like Not a lot of people release Tales of the TMNT because it's it's... It's difficult to pin down when it's going to be released, so it's hard to distribute. Um, not like IDW, where they have a contract with, Diamond, with regular releases, where they have to have regular because these releases. independent creators don't want to get on a schedule. <laughs> <The> schedule. <laughs> hey man, I got, I got, and I, and I have no problem because I haven't released a comic. No, like no, but, no, but hang on. But let, let, let me. Let me. This is a very interesting conversation between the both of you. I think you both should have your own. Well, you've heard podcast. me talk about the suffering artist, and I believe that that is where art no, comes but, from. But, but, but I think there's a point where you do something so good that it deserves attention. Can, now, can we can we be honest though? And this is and and, and uh, um, call me naive because I do not know the inner workings of all comic book work. But uh, maybe and maybe uh, maybe Professor Barry can attest to this too, and so can Gan and everybody else sitting here, like. Printing a comic now seems to be, or making a comic now, seems to be an easier endeavor. Endeavor by leaps and bounds, right? And so, therefore, don't and, and Todd, I, I I bring this to you. Doesn't Eastman and Laird, especially independent guys like that, deserve a little recognition, considering the fact where they came from, and the fact that it wasn't easy to print up comics like it is today? Don't, don't they deserve a little bit of credit for that? And staying as independent as long as they I'm, could. I'm not sure if that's the point that Todd was aiming at. Oh, okay, I'm not even okay. sure that's the point of what the conversation was actually okay, about. Okay, okay. And then I missed it. Um, my What I'm gathering from the two conversations is that we're talking about an artistic endeavor that starts off mm-hmm. pure. Because anything that you release is what is what you would consider to be the purest form of something you want to mm-hmm. put out there. Gotcha. In the case of the Ninja Turtles, there is the initial version that came out. Now, there is this whole other version, which is more of the cartoons, which is what was designed to help sell toys. Correct. That's It's all marketing. It's marketing, yeah. Now, yeah. That's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that if the creators are fine with that. Um, but if you're going back to the original source material, if you're going back to what their initial pure intentions were, they they do not align. Now, but it, see, they only wrote together for twelve issues. Not and granted, and, and and I'm not here to say one version is better than the next. Is you know the more pop version is obviously version going to work. But if you look across the board with everything, everything, the initial version of everything is way different than what we have now. If you look at Batman, he was much different than he is now. He carried a gun. He wore purple gloves. His his suit was ridiculous. He shot vampires point blank rage in the face. Uh, He did a lot of stuff like that back in the day. There was a lot of more homoerotic overtones back in the 50s between him and Robin. You don't see that now, which is why there's Seduction of the Innocent. Same thing with Superman. He didn't fly when he first came out. Well, the thing that I'm impressed with Batman is because we have... I mean, not Batman, the Ninja Turtles, is because we have all these iterations of the Turtles happening within... Of five years from 1984 to 1990, you've got the original gritty Frank Miller parody Ninja Turtles by Eastman and Laird. Then by 1987, you've got Fred Wolf animation with the goofy, hokey ass uh, Ninja Turtles. And then by 1990, you've got this beautiful movie 
a real world Ninja Turtles work mm-hmm. of art. Mm-hmm. And we've got all three of those different versions, different tones, all of them. Um, when when you talk about the Frank Miller and the the artistic homages in the in the initial books, I and I and I can only speak for myself. I never really picked up on it back then. I just picked up on it as well. As, I didn't read the I didn't read the original Mirage Run. No, I don't think anybody our age really did. I, I think I we all kind got of, into the cartoon first. Well, yeah, but I kind of got or into it all at the know. same time. And I and I like the books for what they were on, in and of themselves. I never picked up on any of the. Frank Miller overtones or any of that stuff. I just accepted it for the piece of art that it was. Which, whether or not they they intended for those to be something that you would see subconsciously or, or observe subconsciously, if it if, if in, in and of itself that it exists as a piece of art they that works on parody. itself, even if they did or not, it art is subject to to the person that that's looking at it. Period. Doesn't matter what you put into it. Doesn't matter what you intend with it. Art is never going to be perceived by anybody other than the person observing the art. Intentions are one thing. Okay. What you get from it is different. I could write a book tomorrow that could be considered to be more humorous, but if somebody read it, they might get something more serious. Case in point, Zootopia. <laughs> I got a totally different experience out of it than you guys did. And then, but and that, there, but yeah. in none of that does that mean to say that any but what anybody takes from it is wrong. It, but it, can can we can I, not to interrupt? But can I say this and and and, and maybe Barry's the same way I am as far as the turtle conversation goes. I would never have gone back to reading the Frank Miller parodies uh, of the, the originals without the other comics and without yeah, the cartoons. That, I mean, that was now. How I first got was into that? It. Is that? Is that? Is that? Is that me being Tom's naive? Tom's just shaking his head because am he's I, got something really snooty am, to say am about I, am, comics. Well, am I? Am I, am I wrong saying. about I that? Because I have because without because it's just going to be like totally <laughs> off track without without the without the and I, maybe Barry feels the same way that I do without the cartoon or without the comics that I was familiar with I never would have gone back and I totally and I and I totally understand um I totally understand why the original comics would be off-putting to other people did you do you are you a turtle fan or did you well Yes, but let me let me uh, briefly as an art guy. Yes, yes. Well, let me address it this way because I've had this argument with uh, with my colleague when I used to teach at UCCS, Robert von Dasinowski, brilliant film professor. Uh, it's one of the first conversations we ever had. I said I love this Woody Allen movie called Shadows and Fog, black and white, crazy cast. Everybody from Madonna and Jodie Foster and Kathy Bates and Malkovich and John Cusack are in. It's a brilliant yeah. black and white thriller. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. And Professor Von Dasinowski is like, I hate that freaking movie. I'm like, why? Why do you hate Shadows and Fog? And he's like, Well, you know that movie is it's you know it's it's not uh, 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 European expressionism. It's a it's it's ripping off European expressionism. It's a tribute to expressionism. It's you know that movie is in the shadow of all these other great movies that came before. You know that movie is is. And I said, You know that movie introduced me to M and yes. you know and and. Uh, Dr. Mabuse and, and Metropolis and all these like that movie made me want to go back and see all the movies that inspired Shadows and Fog I yes. said like I think Shadows and Fog is value as a movie by itself but I also it's valuable to me because it made me understand all the things that came before and he's like no 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 that movie is garbage Woody Allen is is just taking from what's already there right so I mean I I think and I, I like what you're saying especially with Turtles because I think it is fascinating to see how a single work of art and a, and, and a wonderful but let's face it gimmicky you know high concept work of art that evolves and well became, that was the joke I mean, yeah it was and, and, it, and it began that way and it was wonderful and it's it conti- consistently become it evolves in a way that's witty and interesting and yeah. very different 
Um, I do think there's value in, in all that. I think there's value in all the iterations. All the, in the, we mentioned like all the iterations of Batman and Superman. I think all of them have value. I mean, you know, we could argue about which is more profound, which has more to say. But really, every one of those iterations has something to say about their time, about the way. Well, that's my learn. point about the turtles. Is everything, every <clears throat> continuity, has something to be taken from, yeah. and that's why if you read the current IDW run of the comics, there's characters from every single iteration of the comics from. From the original Mirage run to the cartoon Bebop and Rocksteady are in the IDW mm-hmm. run to the Archie run like Armagon and the Mutanimals and all of that, all that goofy stuff. It's all coherently part of the Turtle universe. Like, none of it's out of place in any tone, in any iteration of the Turtles. Now, um, not Barry, Todd. Yeah. Um, are we are we being naive here as you are the independent comic book artist? <laughs> yeah, make the turtles not fun for us. <laughs> I can't wait for it. You know, I, I I would really like to hear what uh, I mean I, all of the things that that movie that Shadows of the Fog, Shadows and Fog, Shadows and Fog mm-hmm. had yeah. actually inspired afterwards. I, it made me because look at, like yeah. because like you you went back and you looked at a lot of different things. I yeah, but did it make you look at any movies that were created in the same style afterward it did it did it made me for, for one thing the composer Kurt Vile. it made me go and listen oh, to Kurt all this he's one, the man Three Penny Opera it made me go disco- I discovered I discovered Three Penny Opera I discovered M I discovered uh, all the films of Fritz Long I discovered uh, German Expressionism what it means uh, how but film the, noir are, started but a lot of but a lot of that happened before after and after after I saw Shadows and Fog because I wasn't aware of it. Shadows and Fog. No, what he what, but I, what I'm saying is yeah. like, was there anything that in in any new movies? Right. Well, new, Shadows and Fog inspire. And did Shadows right. and Fog inspire any new kitschy cartoons? Well, not kitschy cartoons. Different <laughs> genre. Shadows and well, Shadows well that's and, what I'm saying is like right. Shadows and Fog is one specific piece of artwork mm-hmm. like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's paying homage to it's paying homage what came before. To right. What came before? Yeah. And then you, then us saying that like, oh, right. this is all canon and, and it's amazing and it's wonderful is like saying Shadows of the Fog uh, created uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and that's what and and we should all love that because Shadows of the Fog was an amazing. Movie. It all. No, no, I see what he's saying. What he's saying is is that you've made him. Uh, let me clarify you, Todd. If I, and if I'm correct, please tell me. Uh, what he's just saying is is that. How you know, how Shadows and Fog inspired Barry to go back and look at European expressionism? It? He wants to know if Shadows and Fog inspired anything after it, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, what he's no, saying, I, so so yeah. what, what what Todd is saying is, is that does the Teenage Mutant Ninja? So are we Turtles... not allowed to like anything that's beyond issue twelve? Of the Mirage Room? <laughs> what so, he's but, but the point that I'm trying to make is that um, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. If they could have worked together, like would have been fine afterwards, and they they would have made a modest living, but they would have made a really. I would not have known who the Ninja Turtles are. That's fine because that's not fine. I I would have been robbed of that. I I, I, Todd, I have to agree with him because if I I probably would not have known who the Turtles were either. Without it would have been a handful of comic book nerds sitting around a table with beards, much like yourself. And just getting angry over issue three hundred and fifty-seven of a comic book that only ten thousand people read. It would have been rubbish. Uh, you know, I'm glad it took the trajectory. I mean, that's a lesson in the good things that commercialism can do to a comic. Okay. Even when it takes it out of the control of the creator's hand. Yeah. I mean, sometimes 
the fans just love it so much, and they change it. Where where it works. Deadpool Deadpool was completely created by the fans. Where you know where it where it works is uh, The Walking Dead. I mean, I think that like The Walking Dead was a very commercial television <clears throat> show that created an audience for the comic book, and everybody went back and read the comic book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I'm but not there was gonna... no comic book to go back and read. If you watch the TV show. Eastman and Lear cashed out at issue 12. They were like, here, other creators and writers, let's forget about continuity and you just write us some comics that match. You know what I mean? There was no continuity beyond issue 12. Oh, so, can, can what I'm I, saying is, like, if, oh. they'd, if they'd never gotten... If they'd if never, they'd never gotten, gotten popularized, if popularized. they had just focused on the comic and made only yeah. the comic for the rest of their lives, they would have been broke-ass hating the comic. No. The comic would have sucked after issue 30. I don't think they would have so, okay, so no, they, that's they, very, they would have been copra... They would have been Michel Look, Feist. look at how they would rich have been. the universe that they created in 12 issues alone. We, everything that you see in the cartoon is some iteration of what happened in only those 12 issues. There's the, I mean, they would have been uh, Cerebus. I mean, Cerebus went from 200, for 200 issues. It was always independent, and it was never commercialized, and it was widely written. And, uh, and just look how popular Cerebus is. I don't know if this uh, makes a difference or anything, but I've never heard of Cerebus. Cerebus <laughs> was crossed over. You're not missing much. That, that doesn't. You because explaining he, it to me now doesn't mean I know what it's he's about. He's a great comic by but, a, but, a genius of a guy, Dave Sim, who's got all these personal problems and crap that he acts out on the page, hmm. and that's great and wonderful. Yeah, but it doesn't go far beyond that. There's no more dimension to it. The Ninja Turtles are a brilliant idea, but but they so, penetrate but that's, every medium. That's because you haven't had a comic book shop. Here for the last ten years. Well, wait, no, wait, but but well, let's. So let's... because I don't own a comic book shop, I'm not good enough to read <laughs> no, comics. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? No, Todd speaks with every tower of erudition. Yeah. No, what no. I'm saying is, uh, what I'm saying is that Cerebus is a wonderful comic book. Yes. And everybody should read it. Yes. It's not a big deal. And and it's an it independent. It's an independent comic book. Yes. And it went for 200 issues. It went for too long. Okay, and, yes. and I'm breaking down at the end. And again, I've never heard about it until just right. now. So, I, and, I, but, and my question is this: Then, if that's the case, and this is uh, this is. But super, the thing is, Cerebus the, wait, existed. Wait, wait, wait. Let but me, the, let me start, dude. Um, <laughs> the whole point of this is that you are anti becoming a thing, right? Oh, okay. No, no. Yes, you are. No, because saying... uh, anytime you become a thing, that's bad. Because uh, TMNT became popular. Oh, all of a sudden, TMNT is not good. Right, okay. Cerberus is straight and independent. Nobody knows anything about Cerberus. Right, right, right. So it must be good. Just because you don't know the about it. Of people I don't, don't know about I don't know anything about Cerberus until Cerberus, you just started talking Cerberus about it. Cerberus had a circulation. You keep bringing up Cerberus doesn't mean I understand what Cerberus right, is. Right, right, right. So anything it? that you say at this point doesn't make me want to read Cerberus. But... But, turtles but, became turtles to me because it got popular. So the point that I'm trying to make, okay. if, you, if you let me finish okay. my sentence. Uh, yes. finish your point, go go ahead. Ahead. The point that I'm trying to make is that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, if they had stuck together mm-hmm. and writ, written... Then I would work, not know anything about TMNT. Well, they still would have been able to... But would I have known about TMNT? That not, is the point. Are you going to let me finish? Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, ahead finish. finish. They would have, they would have made a really good living by keeping their integrity and creating their own artwork. Okay, I get that. And they would have had a modest living. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be worth a billion dollars. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that you would have heard about right. the Teenage Mutant Ninja But isn't Turtles. that the point? 
Okay. Isn't so that the much, point to get your book out there so people can read it? So people can learn from it, yeah. adore it, become fans. Of how much? Work? How much better do you think the comic would have been if it would have been strictly a comic? Because this is thirty years later now, and just off the juice of twelve In issues. Ten years. Ask me about Saga because Saga will never be a television show. It'll never be a cartoon. Brian K. Vaughn hates Hollywood. He hates his experience with Lost. You'll never sell that fucking property. And you guys, you guys, and you guys, and you guys all know about Saga. Right. I mean, I don't know about Saga until you bring up Saga. Same thing with XOXO. I don't know anything about that until you bring it up. Interesting. This is is what I'm trying to say about Ninja Turtles is I'm grateful that you bring it up because now it's on my radar. But without you... Being a fan of the work, nothing. That's a good point. Good point. Without you being a fan, the thing I is, would not be. That's a good point. With at all. I agree with that. They, I think the path that the Ninja Turtles <clears throat> took is not unfortunate compared to them just strictly doing the comic because it's 30 years later and off of the juice that they had in just those 12 issues, they've created a universe that spans 30 years that's very rich and very vibrant. New cartoons, new movies being made. New comics still being made. Yeah. All these continuities, we're dealing with the Utrom still. We're still dealing with the Neutrinos and the Triceratons and the Fugitoid. These are all the first 12 issues of Ninja Turtles. We don't have much new beyond that. We don't have anything new. The only character that wasn't introduced in those first 12 issues is basically Bebop and Rocksteady and those Mutanimals and Karai, Shredder's daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think, and, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the naive Sometimes a flash of genius just happens. and you Can, can you, let's think it. about this. Can you imagine the inspiration, uh, the, the inspiration the Turtles have had and their work have had on the generations of people that have read their stuff that has nothing to do with the first 12 comics? Well, on pizza sales alone. Todd, are you talking about the difference between mainstream success and selling out? Is that, is that, is that, the, oh, that's, that's a good the, point. Is, is that what you mean? That's a big problem. Well, that's, that's what I thought, thought yeah, that's what I thought it was. No, is that not the argument? The argument that I'm trying to make is that um, if you don't if you don't call it that, um, that Cave, <laughs> Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird would have still had success. Mm-hmm. Like they would have, they would creative have, success. They would have had creative success. They would have still had their integrity. Mm-hmm. They could have, they they would have been able to. But you can see the guide they, where their their creations went. But instead of selling it to Nickelodeon and having them tell, they didn't sell it to Nickelodeon until about five years ago. All right, but still, like Kevin, I met Kevin. They owned it up until like two thousand and four. I met Kevin and I was like, "Hey, man, why don't you bring back this from the Mir- Mirage series?" And he was like, "No, I can't. Nickelodeon won't let me." Yeah, because because they agreed to the terms of the contract, but because they wanted the money is what I'm saying. But they were on that trajectory. They created it for that purpose. They made they marked by 1985. They had a little pewter they, figures on Dark Horse. They wanted to market this. They wanted they had to commercialize a, they had it. A lot of, they they had wanted a, to commoditize their product. But when you had well, they but, revolutionized the industry. It wasn't just two creators who want to be comic book writers their whole lives. Can I? Can I? Can I take regardless out the, of how much they love writing I, comics? Can I take out the equation of the uh, of the actual comic for a second and say that these are two guys that probably have families that they'd like to support, and the, what's keeping them afloat and what's keeping their kids afloat and in college is probably the turtles. So I'm guessing that at this point, regardless of how you think they about could have it, done that. that what my point is that they could have done that without selling out. I, and now, and now the, so it is popularity then. It is selling out. That is the argument. Well, my, my argument really comes from the fact that like, you, could be, you could be humble and still have the integrity 
And so when you I, met I, Kevin Eastman, he wasn't humble. You're saying that's what you're saying. You're saying because he sold out, Look, he's no I, longer the thing humble. Is, I, I agree with you that having integrity and you know staying true to your core beliefs and values as sure. a comic creator, that's a virtue to have. Right. And you can respect that. Right. I, what I'm trying to say is the Ninja Turtles property itself is better for having for Eastman and Laird having done that initial sellout. And yeah, yeah. they were pushing that trajectory when they first created the Turtles. It's not like they were like, oh man, I can't wait to make a living off of this comic for the rest of my life. By issue by issue five, they realized we're I not mean, doing this can, by ourselves anymore. You guys all love that Michael Bay movie? What? No, I hate it. I don't it. like any Michael Bay. It was garbage. Right. But I will go well, see anything. But I love the cartoon. But the Ninja Turtles but, have reserved such s- a spot in my heart that I will go see anything with the, the Ninja but Turtles see, name that's, on it. And that's what I'm saying is that <laughs> you guys, we should, we should try to... Maybe think of the integrity of the creators and the the direction that they originally wanted it. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird went into that original pitch meeting for the cartoon and was like, "Hey, man, um, you guys, you've obviously seen all this awesome Japanese animation like Akira, right?" And the head of CBS was like, "What's Akira?" Yeah, and Fred Wolf's and like, "Well, I got something for you," and, and made exactly. this bubbly cartoony and crap. So, so they had a they had. Their original trajectory. If you want to take when the, you, you talk about commoditizing, especially if it's successful, well, everybody's going to want a piece. Hey, man, and they managed they managed it well. They had a say in how Ninja Turtles the movie was made, and they were satisfied with it. Why they can't were you be satisfied with, with because it? Because they made a ton of money. No, they of, they were. If you read the accounts of them being on set and having a say, and if you watch the movie and read the comics alongside of it, you'll see that this is like a product that was worth making, and without the cartoon. The popularity wouldn't have that movie was like to the G the comic movie from 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 kind of talking to him and from sort of knowing mm-hmm. the backstory a little bit and okay. I'm not saying I'm I'm an expert because Alika is the expert I'm not saying <laughs> he, he's, I'm, I'm not the expert you. but I just I'm not I don't relent on the fact that I think it was a good trajectory for their book to like I don't think anything's wrong with the history of the I think everything went hey, the right man, way look you know I mean like I'm not trying to be like if the Kukui project took off the way that ten, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did, awesome. Like I won the lottery. I'm not trying to be some sort of jerk. Thank you. <laughs> I don't. I mean, to, wow. to put it nicely, restraint, unbelievable. <laughs> to put it to put it nicely. Um, but but what I'm saying is like there are, there are all these examples of creators, and there are creators that you guys haven't heard of. But they make a comfortable living. They put their kids through school, and they still are able to have the. I mean, Todd McFarlane is one that we have all heard of. Mm-hmm. He put his kids through college. He put his kids through. He's a millionaire. He put a ki- his kids through medical school, um, and he is one hundred percent in control of Spawn. You know, and he might not be a good example or a bad example. But he's in a hundred percent control of that character, and he had the integrity to say, "Look, man, I hate what you're doing with my my figures. Mm-hmm. I hate what you're gonna do with my cartoon. I'm gonna make them myself," and did it. And I think that if TMMT could have hung out for a little while, and I know that those avenues weren't absolutely readily available. Before 1992, 1994, before okay. Image Comics. Gotcha. But if they could have, <clears throat> TMMT could have been the Image Comics of 1985. 
they could have Mirage Comics could have been the TMNT. They were trying to do that. They, but but think about this. You it's can't. Fair. It's fair to I say mean, yeah. I'm saying, and I'm saying, like, and I'm saying, like, you guys don't know who Dave Sim is, nope. and and Dave Sim is a cerebus. We all know who Dave. I mean, people who read comics know who Dave Sim is. So so Dave Cere, I mean, so Cerebus came like they weren't. He also, he did exactly what he wanted to do with Cerebus. And it ran for 200 issues. He's one of the most successful independent comic book artists around, even mm-hmm. though you guys have never heard of him. Mm-hmm. He he has a com- he made a comfortable living. He's very satisfied with the way that his character was handled because he controlled it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there and then there is Michelle Fife, who is doing um, Copra, and that's a more modern version of it, post image. And he's not going to sell out. He's very comfortable to controlling his characters. He's very comfortable with the way that he creates his comic book, and he does it without any help. I mean, like he 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 does the whole thing now. But to be fair, though, to be fair, it is much easier to do that in this day and age than it was when TMNT came out, because you can actually maintain a, a level of you can maintain a, a, your level of. Uh, 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 of quality with your product, especially now. But, Not, but if it, you look at the early image books, they're amazing. The print is amazing. Once again, the internet has has changed the the, the landscape of the way we look well, and read comics. But, but image and, image and, was image was pre-internet. Eastman that's Lair, what I'm saying. That, but that's Lair what I'm saying. Created the environment where independent creators can thrive. <clears throat> right. So it's like it's hard to. No, what I'm it's saying is for you. Any of that. But the thing is, is that what I'm saying about you is, is that Todd, if you were 20 years ago pre-internet trying to make the Kakui project, how much harder would it be for you to do it? It'd be much harder. It's so much easier to get your stuff out in the ether now than it has ever been. So when somebody comes knocking at your door in 1994 and goes, "Hey, listen, I like your stuff and I want to offer you a ton of cash and for your property," you know, there's a time you're going to go, "Man." I'm, this is what I, I, this is what I always want. I love doing this stuff. I like my I like my characters. Somebody wants to suffer for his art, but I want to sell it because guess what? I this is what I made it for. I wanted to make a living off of this. And in 1994, when you don't have a, an opportunity to hold on to your property, 85. 80, right? Excuse me, 1985. I'm sorry. I kept, did I say 94? I think that's the year I graduated. That's why. Anyway, so when you say that, and that property is, is somebody's knocking at your door for that property, and you have no other way to distribute it, I think that that's a it's a fair point to say. Okay, I'm willing to give up something in order to make this successful. And it is, but those guys didn't have families, and they could have done it. They could have been like, "I'm selling out all the time, and if you're knocking at my door, I'm gonna wait." Mm-hmm. But I'm that's gonna, that's I'm restraint. Yeah. And there are some people that don't have that restraint. That some people want to just, you know, be able to. But that's the problem with the partnership too. I think that like there was a lot of uh, maybe like pressure between the two creators too. And I'm not trying to say, but and I'm not trying to say that TMMT is is bad. But I think that like what happened afterwards, the franchise and the conglomerate that we got after it mm-hmm. is is something that both Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman didn't want, and I think that that caused a lot of animosity between them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, and I and I think that like we would have had a richer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had they been like, you know what, we're gonna hold off and we're gonna see what else, what other options we have. Because right now we have a really popular comic book, we have a really popular character. It's selling out all the time, 
and let's see what else we can do. You know, we can we can still release it. We still have control of all of these characters. We could still go to a publisher. You know, I don't want to just jump on the first thing that comes and say, look, let's do this. And I know that we all of the cartoon, we all watched it, and I'm not saying that that's a bad mm -hmm. thing, but I'm saying that, like, it kind of led to them losing control of their characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that if Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird got back together, they would probably be like, you know what, this is the way, this is the original intention of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we're going to release it now no matter what. And if you love it, you love it. If you hate it, you hate it. And more than likely, everybody would hate it because they're 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 because there's so many other there's, iterations of there's, it's that becomes, people have fallen in yeah. love with. It's become so diluted because mm -hmm. of the cartoons and the movies that it's like. But I, I, it doesn't negate the fact that anything that came after is still pretty good stuff. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that the cartoon was bad. I'm not saying that the 1990 movie was bad. The 1990 movie was pretty good, and I think that it did a really good job. It didn't sell them more comics. See, but here's and a, that's the, and that's yeah. my point. And my the, the and comics like went, my point would be like if I'm going to do the Kikui Project movie, I would be like awesome. But I want you to do it just like this, and I want it—I want you guys to do it just like this because I've got this—I've got X, Y, and Z planned well, in the future, and I want you guys to support my vision of the characters, and this is the way that I'm going to do it because I want to sell more I, comic the books. The thing is, I, I see your point on if there was a purely Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird continuity with the fact that the first twelve issues were so good. And could support thirty years of franchises after it. Yeah. That what came after could have been amazing. Yeah. But that's not the universe we live in. We're not doing alternate timelines. I think that we're pretty blessed to have gotten all flesh. the iterations, <laughs> to all the iterations of all the properties that the Ninja Turtles inspired, from the cartoon to the movies to the video games to everything we're getting to the current Nickelodeon cartoon. But how much good. easier would it be if TMNT were to be created today? How much easier for them would it be to be to stay independent? Well, hey man, it look, would be. It, it would be. They easy. would stay as an independent comic. They wouldn't make as much money, no? and they would get drowned out in the dearth of material. Yes. right there. That's so well, the today is not a fair comparison. No, yeah. what I'm saying is though, but for the uh, for the opportunity, just like you, for the opportunity to get their book on the shelf, and if they want to maintain their integrity, as you say, it's much easier to put out their book now if they did that, and they could maintain some kind of uh, uh, semblance of a an order to their books. Now, when you sell your book, you have to give up some kind of control. It's 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 Hollywood. It's television. So you I have know, to. Be well, actually, to... I want to say the opposite is true. Now, I think yeah. that nowadays you have to give up. I think they're starting to respect creators and writers yes, and artists right. A lot Back more. then, it wasn't but about that. The only reason they're doing that is because the pipeline from comic to TV show or comic to movie script is they're realizing that comics are just storyboards. Right. And they're easy to market to Hollywood. Right. They're instead of. Doing a script treatment, you can just hand them a comic and be like, "Can you read this movie for me?" It's, it's, it's taken it's taken Hollywood thirty freaking years to realize that the substance. But now the pipeline a, is like you're going to see it's just going to be like right. smooth as a poop. Shoot but the thing is, like, is that well, the, from comic to TV show to movie, like it's just going. But the fact can that we the get matter the minute is, on that because we need to edit that out. <laughs> no, you can. All I'm saying is, is that the respect for the comic book genre right now has been the highest yeah. it's ever been. Comics are a it's very taken high it's taken Hollywood and uh, and its ilk thirty plus. years years to get to the point to know that comic books although fantasy aren't supposed to be treated as child or yeah. a, a child's comic as it were so it's taken them 30 plus years it's going to take them a long time but the fact that we sit here and we are 
we'd be upset about the fact that 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 success I, is I, there's I something time, wrong if with we that. Had a purely Eastman and Laird comic book that was. Uh, would be on issue three to four hundred right now. Can you imagine? And the like, continuity would be wacky. It'd be great. Yeah. They'd go up because they're true comic nerds. They go into the space. Medium. They know they know comics, so they know would know what a comic fan would want to read, and that's yeah. why issues one through twelve and nineteen through twenty one and fifty two through sixty two are the juiciest things in the industry. They're so good to read because they're written by comic guys who know what comic guys want to read. Yeah, you know, it's like a guy working a sex phone line. They just know what they want to hear. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. but okay. But I, I and I, I and like yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. But, is that, but like, that's, it would be awesome. The thing is, I appreciate they the foundation they laid. Issues. Eastman and Laird are two separate people. They're not going to be. They're not married. They're not simpatico. I mean? So essentially, yeah. what you're, what we're saying here and is it's just sad a, to see the way they went. Like d- it's really sadder on Laird's side if if you're looking from the outside. I'm sure Laird's happy with what he's doing, but when you see Eastman, the big flashy current writer of IDW and everything, he's like the recognized guy. And yeah. Then you got Laird doing the local cons and the independent stuff because he's really true to those comic book roots. Yes, and I mean it's it's a funny tale on. How like how sad people that are different. Yeah. People are different. Yeah. So essentially, the, the the to get to to kind of put a put a I guess button. a a button on this on this argument here is is the fact that Todd will never write a comic book with anybody else but himself. That no, I, I love. Hey, I you want to co-create book. a comic? Though? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially with this guy, uh, Lika. He's a genius. I'm gonna be like I running out wait. the door trying to sell it to everybody I see. I'm gonna tell you uh, something. Uh, this has been. If you can get it to fun animation, it'd be awesome. Like that'd be great. This has been the most intense. And very uh, in, 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 intriguing conversation. This is the podcast that I miss. Yes, I agree. All that garbage from the first two hours. <laughs> this is seriously. Very cool. This is this is cool. what I miss doing. Yeah, this is good. Arguing about nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is very fun. Like I, during this, this entire discussion, I have no idea what you guys are talking about because I'm not a comic book guy. I've already you know conceded that. But fact. you're a turtle guy, and that counts. I well, mean, for yeah, me, I had to put it, it more than comic guys are involved now. I had to put it into perspectives that yeah. I would understand, and for me, that would be Super Sentai and Saban. Yeah, and without Saban, thing. Without okay. Saban, we would exactly. Know Super yeah, actually, exactly. I know, I've never watched Super Sentai in my life, and I still have a heart for Saban. Right. Does that make me like a bad person? No, it doesn't. No, it you're, does. But you know, sell out. It does. But but what I think is more important here is is that we can be. We can be. Pa- I like it because we can all be passionate about something. Right. Uh, Todd. Todd's passionate about about the comics that he writes and the and, and then the. Not f- really. You got to read them. First, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you read his comics, you would. Know oh, I would know. totally know. He, 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 no. So, no passion there. So. I really, I really think it's a, it's amazing how. Uh, uh, how intriguing that this conversation is! I can't, I can't wait to see what this is like at the con. I can't wait. I want to do a panel with this guy. Where Eastman walks up and punches me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be wearing, we're gonna be wearing patches, and we're going to be talking about Rob Liefeld. How he's a sellout. <laughs> yeah, we are. I hope yeah. Rob Liefeld tries to punch me in the face. <laughs> right? gonna be, we'll be getting a bigger shot. He's really, short. <laughs> he's really short. He's, yeah. it's gonna, be, he's gonna. Be. Uh, I would like I'm to. Th- I'm I, I would like to thank. Todd for uh, uh, for uh, not restraining himself uh, for the past forty five minutes. I, I yeah. now have to find the swears. Thank you. Hey, you. There's three, <laughs> four, two fifty one. Thank you very much. All right, great. Now it's one twenty six, two twelve, and now I guess two fifty one. I think there's another one in there. I think. 
I don't know. I think I'm going to let you f***ing Will you stop it? All right, enough of this already. All right, well, listen. Time for us to get out of here. I want to say thank you so much uh, to everybody who's listening. Stay tuned uh, for the Superman 4. <laughs> Stay tuned for the <laughs> Superman 4 uh, commentary. That's not coming up this week. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, uh, this week, Big Trouble in Little China. If you haven't got your tickets yet, yeah, too, too late, late already. They are gone. Um, we are having a um, 126, 212, and 252 now. That's it. <laughs> Put 252 because he just said it twice. Um uh, but uh, Big Trouble in Little China happening in my mall Megaplex. Movie starts at 7 o'clock. Please be there at 6.30. We've got some prizes to give away. Professor Barry is going to uh, enthrall us with his uh, his, his knowledge. <laughs> I know. Uh, can you bring some trivia? They were very disappointed at the Deadpool for me. I know. That's that's that what I heard. No trivia. Like, didn't have trivia. So now on, trivia. Trivia. Uh, Professor Barry is on it. So uh, we want to thank you guys uh, so much uh, uh, for uh, making this uh, making this happen, having it be a Can success. We just cut out the first two hours. <laughs> yeah, I think we could, right? Um, I, I want to send. I want to let everybody know that uh, one of the prizes um, is Todd Bernardi has decided <laughs> to uh, uh, to make a drawing of a popular movie for um it's the teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> yeah for, he's going to say you're drawing you, know, you haven't earned the right that's right big trouble in little china it's 1984 kevin eastman peter laird teenage mutant ninja turtles it's with spider-man with spider-man it's a steve ditko spider-man not that bull <laughs> that you see in the civil war 25341 <laughs> put civil that down thank you good lord Anyway, we can't have him drink before the spirits. podcast already. This is so strange. But uh, he has made a uh, he has made a uh, uh, a drawing for uh, Big Trouble in Little China. So we want to thank him for that. It's going to be one of the giveaways uh, come uh, Thursday. Um, so uh, of course, make sure to join myself, Professor Barry, Format, Bruce, uh, the one and only Alika, Todd, and uh, Swan. Hey, uh, Todd, can you wait till the podcast is over, pal? Jeez. Man, now we can't have him shut up. Um, uh, Professor Barry, uh, uh, are we watching anything this week other than um, um, other than Big Trouble in China? Anything exciting coming out this week other than Allegiant? Are we watching anything? Oh, I want to catch up with uh, Terrence oh, Malick's Knight of Cups. I hope to at oh. some point. Oh, okay. He's opening at the Kahala 8 on the 18th. So oh, in Oahu. In Oahu, oh, fantastic. Yeah. I don't know about Malick. All right, fantastic. Okay. Are you um, going to go watch it? I may have to. Wow. wow look That's at you. Do you do you like uh, how, how do you do that? Do you claim your miles? Do you how, how does that work? Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> hey, it's Malik. This is this is a big deal. It's he a big deal. Building a canoe. About yeah, two weeks back. yeah, he did. It's almost finished. Uh, well, I want to say thank you guys so much uh, for uh, joining us today on the podcast. Big shout out to Gannon who had to leave a little early. Um, uh, uh, follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/TheNerdWatch. You can follow us on. Uh, Twitter at Nerdwatch Nation. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore Nerdwatch. And uh, you can also follow us, or, or actually you can take a look for us at Patreon, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Look us up. Uh, help us out with some, um, uh, you know, we want to get some new, new gear. New gear get some equipment. We're getting a little stuff in here, here and there. but gear. Yeah. We, need, we need a better craft services. We need better craft services. Around. That's for darn sure. <laughs> um, so uh, we need your help uh, if you enjoy the podcast. I know this one's a little long. We're running at 255 already, nice. if you can't believe it. Um, so I uh, want to thank Swan, of course, for being here and helping us edit the show for Akaku. We certainly appreciate it. So for Gannon, for Format, for Alika, for Todd the Pasta King, for Hennessy, for Silent Sean, of course, the one and only Professor Barry, 
IMG Money. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you guys on Thursday and then back here, same nerd time, same nerd channel, next week, Tuesday. So until then, peace out, much love, and most assuredly, always... <laughs> always crumple a bag of chips during the end. Yeah. Stay nerdy. And until uh, next week, we say to you, Aloha! Aloha. I said Aloha! Aloha. <laughs>